Hello, good evening, podcast listeners. It's Do You Expect to Talk Commentary Time, and I am your host, who's just dashed from a from a cinema after doing well, the cinema after the, the gym, doing a half a press up. Freudian slip there. Yeah, he's, he's been watching some fucking film, and he's gone. Yeah, I just come back from the gym. Well, usually it's the <laughs> cinema you only come back from, but no, today it was the gym, and uh, just came back from the lab. Yeah, he said he cut his workout short. So I'm just honestly, I think I think we just saw the podcast signal out the window. <laughs> yeah, I refer to it as like kind of like yes, if it's like the bat signal, just like a shit <laughs> to, the, to the podcast cave. Um, and I have like one really buff arm, and then be working on the other arm next week. Yes, yes, <clears throat> that, that's exactly what it is. What I'll do, yeah. Um, so uh, today is Becca's choice. Uh, we're covering Golden Eye. Starring um, Peace Benson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was so funny. We're, we're, we, we're a bit our, our podcast is a little bit cursed. And we're killing we're, people. The yeah, very think... last show, before we even published the show after it, the show in which we mentioned Alex Ferguson, he had a fucking brain hemorrhage. But he's, he's okay today. He sat up and he's asking about his results, so he survived. Um... So yeah, and they've made a list of these hilarious like alternate names. So instead of Pierce Brosnan, it's Pierce Benson. And instead of Michael Kitchen, he plays Tanner. It was what was it? Martin Bathroom. John Bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, instead of Judy Dench, it's Judy, Judy Stench. Stench. <laughs> um, instead of Sean Bean, it was what Short Bean. <laughs> Short Bean. Yeah. Not that I'm asking. Oh, Sean. Yeah. Speaking of Sean Bean, Sean um, he, he, I think this is the only time in the film where he's died twice, I think. You only yeah. died twice. In, in the same film. So, yeah, just, just count as like uh, two tallies under this one. I don't know. But, um, yes, we're doing Goldeneye, our favourite. Is, is your favourite Pierce? Becca? Um, you asking? Yes. Okay, so I know it's your favourite Pierce, Dave, but... Um, it's it's not my favourite. It's the best. I felt Pierce, bad today for watching, putting him through this, but we still got busy to do. So hang on a minute, I ranked it about tenth or something. I hardly <laughs> hate it. Yeah, wait till I we just... get to Octopussy. That'll be the real test of. That will be the test. Actually, that might be quite a funny episode if I stay awake. Um, my, <laughs> my main problem with Octopussy is I get bored. There's so many films I can take the piss out of much more effectively than a film I just struggle to even concentrate on. Yeah, but, but we'll get there. Yeah, again, the, when it's conversing, talking bollocks, you'll just end up like yeah, talking right. random shit. I'm quite happy to commentate on any of them, to be honest with you. So now I'm quite happy to watch Goldeneye. Um, it's the most classically sort of Bond-looking film he did. Pity about the fucking score. Well, yeah, uh, that's, that's one thing we'll miss out, though, isn't it? Plot doesn't make it. The plot doesn't make an awful lot of sense, and I don't actually think he's very good in it. But I don't dislike this film. I never have. It's just, it's just the natural counterbalance to hearing so much praise for such an average film. Mm, definitely. I mean, yeah, I'm saying like, oh, it's amazing, but I think it's just like it's like classic Bond. Um, and for for first outing, I think it's pretty strong, and I enjoy it. You say for so the first outing, though, but the Bonds normally have very strong first outings. All of them. Really? But it's They've got like, all, a memorable they've... Bond girl, memorable villain, uh, great set pieces, music, but not so much. Um, but apart from that, I thoroughly enjoyed it. When you said memorable Bond girl, I very, very nearly said which one, but that would have just sounded like I didn't remember her, which would have undermined you. But, but obviously, Isabella is also very memorable, but obviously, Xenia. Um, and kind of launched Tom Kempton to... Um, 
global stardom, obviously before becoming Jean Grey. Um, but yeah, that's it. And obviously Sean Bean, internationally famous actor. Although short beam, obviously not Sean Bean. We don't want to curse the man. <laughs> and the guy from Cracker. Yeah, cool. So we can train definitely. Yeah. So without further ado, we shall initiate mission on three. So uh, let's get cracking. Uh, one. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Let me get my controller. Hold on. I got to let her go and see if she's got a copy of gold. Wait, I'm ready now. Hang <laughs> <laughs> oh, on a minute, just to right. it. It's on Netflix. Let me have a look. Uh... <laughs> um, yeah, my oh, home shit, I've got on Golden Pond in. On <laughs> Golden Pond. Oh dear, it's a very different film. No, my home setup now is the fact that when my my laptop isn't anywhere near my TV or my DVD player, so I haven't got it within easy reach. So. I've, I've, I've got a rip here because I'm nowhere near my Blu-ray player anymore, so... I have to be like Mr. Tickle, Mrs. Tickle, with really long arms. So whilst I'm, a, I'm watching an illegal copy of GoldenEye, I can actually say I've bought three copies and currently own a copy of GoldenEye, so I don't feel too bad about it. <laughs> Your conscience has been swaged. Yeah, so you've got Blu-rays, haven't you? Peace yeah. is still getting royal- royalties. Good old Peace Benson, we like him a lot. <clears throat> yeah, I think if you actually own a copy but you know that that should be by, by fairness should be like illegal to actually illegally download yeah but i'm I'm probably funding terrorism or something <laughs> yes with, with with what though i don't know but, but then any of you who've been to see the avengers infinity war have also funded terrorism because you were complicit in paying for half of the Disney, universe Marvel, i don't know yeah half of the universe to die <laughs> half of the universe died and you were there funding it, you bastards. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, spoiler alert for... Damn it, you killed Kenny, you bastards. Uh, has anyone taken that um, that that thing where you've been, we know we've been saved or... Oh, did, was it did, did PanosKillYou.com or something like that? Yeah. Um, it, hang on a minute. What, is it Did I Survive Infinity War, is it? Or, or something? something, yeah. I, can't, I don't know what it was called, but... Let me see now. Did I survive Thanos? Let's have a look. I, I know did I was Thanos spared. Kill, I Which know. I think is probably right. I think I probably would be spared if it was... Did Thanos kill me? I was spared as well. So, did Thanos kill me? What, you're saying, you're saying Thanos wouldn't kill a superhero? He <laughs> <laughs> killed fucking half of them, isn't it? Well, this is it. Oh, that's good. Well, you know... There you are, fans. So, if Thanos stick by pop half the uh, half the universe, uh, we'd still have Deuce Better to talk theoretically. Every cloud. Um... <laughs> I'm surprised, like Tony wasn't having a little listen at the end of that film. <laughs> because, like, uh... how did this get made? Have been wiped out or something? So, fuck <laughs> it, I must well listen to this shit. <laughs> Unfortunately, I was slain by Thanos for the good of the universe. Oh, dear. oh well. I, I guess it's the twice a year cinematronic special. Summer review. At least you guys survived. Coming soon. Summer review 2018. We would pay a fitting tribute, Becca. Thank you. Yeah. Um, by yeah, by doing a commentary on Golden Eye. So... <laughs> tribute, Mr. Wind. Uh, so yeah, on free in the shape mission. Are we? Are we ready? Oh yeah! Oh yes! <laughs> Says Dave, oh, rubbing yeah. his legs. Um, one, <laughs> two, three. Los. 
Right. I don't know if I'll be perfectly in sync with you. Leo's roaring at the moment. That video um, or something that is positive yep. about having this on mute um, whilst we do the commentary is we don't have to hear doom, the terrible doom, score. Doom, doom, the worst doom, score doom, in the official doom, series. Or the steel drums. The steel drums are quite cool because like, there's a sound effect that you don't usually hear. Um, I don't know whether they must have muted obviously, unless it's like a Caribbean scene, for example. Um, I quite like this gun barrel, it's very smooth. It's my favourite gun barrel. Peace means business. <clears throat> Peace means business. Peace, Benson. <laughs> so, where's this list right. of Dave's? Let's have a look. So, here we are. Um, we've got him flying into a quite temperate region Ooh. by the looking of it. Out of it. <laughs> And he'll be dropping down into a valley, so no slow, no snow, and not at the top of a mountain. So this will be fine. <laughs> Can't see any logic problems coming up here. <laughs> Only a film. How do you reckon he explained that rope at customs? <laughs> I need it for reasons. They think they use a stunt double for the run. And I use just a stunt double. Yeah, I know. Why did they use a stunt double for the run? That was really silly. Pierce, Pierce can run. I've seen him do it. This guy, I don't know, looks better, more, looks better running. <laughs> yeah, but so does Usain Bolt, but you wouldn't put him in. <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> so this stunt was like the main, um, well, one of the main attractions about the film, wasn't it? The main talking points was this stunt. Yeah. Which is why I walked out after 57 seconds. Um, this guy fainted, actually. He just about got the gun out and pointed as he fainted. He did it on the first take as well. Yes, but here, right here, assuming you're perfectly in sync with me, which is a big if, he's just about to get the gun out now. As he points it there, he fainted. And then that's obviously Pierce and some green screen. USS. So Cavini, so just as he went like, you know, over the rock, it's like, ugh, he fainted. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Good man. Thing Good is, right, <clears throat> when they were planning this mission, Pierce obviously said, I want to dive down. Where are the where are the toilets? That's where I want to <laughs> dive. <laughs> I need a wee. All I was thinking was taffing yesterday. Oh, <laughs> what goes on be. in this shit yeah. is none of your business. Well, maybe oh, you shouldn't be shitting here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, we have to do a commentary of that randomly. Has, has anyone actually seen Taffin? I've never seen it. I've only ever seen no. it. No. <laughs> Obviously, that's, um, what's she called? Jenny Flex he's talking to. Yeah. Hello. Or is it Elsa in Last Crusade? That's right. Now, that's where Pit, That's where the character should have had a piss, just for for, for a similitude. We've never seen him do a wee, so... It would have been um, a less traditional entrance, just having like, it's his first Bond, they just have him take a dump. Fun <laughs> fact, this is the first time we see Bond do a wee. Mm. Oh dear. So this really cracked me up. Obviously we have a habit of killing people off, unfortunately. Um, so Dave came up with some fake names for the cast. So yeah, Peace Benson, Izzy Scorpio, Short Beam, a name I won't pronounce. Um, Kid Jensen it, and Joe, John Doe Baker. Yeah, Coltrane sounded slightly different and had an expletive in it. <laughs> There's also a jazz name. Then obviously when we do um, 
when we come to well, they do the Godfather when we come to cover the Godfather series. Um, Martin Branding, Al Porcini, <laughs> Tanya Devonshire, John Cant, Joe Cantor, and Ron Duvet, which I thought was quite funny because I always mispronounce his name as Duvet. For England, James. No, for me. Yeah, he's got a really plummy English accent here. He's got a he's fucking like, stupid voice in it. It absolutely ruins it. He's like, yeah, hello. What's your he's like from Yorkshire or something, isn't he? He should have stuck it, with his sharp voice. Well, I just think if, he should, if yeah, he's no why not? Um, if if people genuinely believe Goldeneye to be one of the best in the series, who am I hard to argue? I'll disagree, but like I get it. It's a classic feeling Bond film. We enjoy but, it. We enjoy I, it. I, I sort of get it, but like anyone who says Pierce, uh, not Pierce Brosnan, Sean's one of the best villains in the series, I really don't get it because I think he's mm. absolutely fucking dreadful in every he gives, way. He gives a good performance, but I would say he's probably... I, I wouldn't say that. I think he's terrible. I think a poor choice of voice. Stupid smug expression most of the time, even before he supposedly goes bad. I think well, it's, it's the same as um, you could argue the same with um, Graves as well, because he's meant to be kind of like another. Yeah, what was I the anti bond? I did. Graves was shit. Well, exactly. It's meant to be on that kind of level, isn't it? Right. It's... Here's the right. Follow, follow the logic of this carefully. <laughs> well, no, I'm just saying that that's why. Well, to it's, be fair, I mean, that's, that's why it's so crappy. Is what you know is what it is. Boston has as uh, the habit of having really smug, annoying villains. You know, like you think about um, Richard, um, Jonathan Price in. Um... Yeah, he was Mister Smug. Think yeah. of Richard. Richard. <laughs> Richard. Richard. <laughs> Richard. Who's that? And, and I, maybe not so much in uh, was not enough though. She did that petulant towards the end. She wasn't smug. So how would you, Dave, how would you prefer uh, Sean to have played this? Uh, uh, a or different actor. Differently? <laughs> different to what he did? How different? I, no, it's just, it's largely the voice and it's the faces, but I just think he's all wrong for it. They've, I just think he's all wrong for it entirely. I think he'd play it with your own accent. I don't see anything wrong with that at all. Well, he does it on the train, does he? He goes, full speed ahead, ram him! And it does break yeah. with the plumbing accent. This makes no sense. They've been firing live rounds at the pair of them. Yeah, and silly. basically, they've got to fake Alex's death, and 007 has to get away to tell that story. Otherwise, why would you bother? He does it because he's Bond. It, 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 is, a, it is a head scratcher, isn't it? You do think I'm, it's I'm, mental. I'm, I'm, I'm... You suspend your disbelief. And I've just noticed how camply <laughs> he is actually standing. This <laughs> hand on his head. Hello, <laughs> Come out with your hands above you. Well, I was a naval commander. You, I am a sailor, yes. Um, and, I don't, and, I, and I don't get why he'd be pitted no. well. I don't, get, <laughs> I don't get how we can like resent him from like changing the timer. It's like, well, you were dead. It doesn't make any fucking sense whatsoever. Yeah. Although he pressed I always think his hat that he wears is too big for his head. Oof, he's hurt. Oof. <gasps> That, that, that's his other pain oh. face. Hmm. <laughs> I'll do sound effects for you. Go for it, Becca. <laughs> Apparently, there is a version oh, of um, an updated yeah, version of Goldeneye. He does not take out the other coming out. He had two guns on him there, but it was the original gun. He did not take out the other gun. So he shot no. Sean Bean with a blank and that guy with a live round in the same fucking gun. 
Well, unless he, like, deliberately just missed his head. <laughs> he just fell backwards. <laughs> 007 escapes and he goes, I, I saw him shoot at Alec. What happened? He cracked a tile. <laughs> right, so now Pierce Brosnan has jumped on some travelator thing that is going to take him about 5,000 miles to a much colder climate <laughs> in the mountains. He's gone from a hot country to a cold country. I know. Or maybe, like, I'm just trying to think, maybe Alec what, like, wasn't in on the, the Russians at the moment and it just, like, accidentally just missed him and didn't realise. And then they sort of found him alive and he thought, hang on, no, I'm going to Tarifo now. So he thought, oh, okay, well, let's yeah. hatch a plan. There's, That's there's probably nothing... the best explanation for it because... Yeah, <laughs> he's like, he's, what, to warm off, he's like, you had me at a bullet in the head. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I know, like, you know, I'm a, a British spy, but... Um... I, I love the fact... You, uh, Do you want you, me friends? Cut... <laughs> what I like most about this, and it's not the film, Chris, it's the fact that you're clearly drinking alcohol, <laughs> having cut a gin. I can hear the bottle. Yeah, it's, uh, it's whiskey. Oh. oh, well, that's all right then. Nice and healthy, that. Yeah, a little <laughs> bit. Yeah. So it's only a little bit. He's allowed it. It's medicinal. Look, look he's pursing his lips. <laughs> That's what he does best, pursing his lips. I've never noticed he did it there before. This is Oh, he's pouting, hot. isn't he? I know. Copying he Daniel. I mean, he's, he's, he's sort of a bit Derek Zoolander there. <laughs> Blue, no, Blue Steel? No. This yeah. is this is like the one bit where you think, oh, okay, no, that's just taking a piss now. Yeah, never like this. This bit here, he grabs onto the, the door and the ropes, and just as he went like that, the audience went, fuck off! <laughs> it is very unlikely. And Only it, a film. This shot here looks very ha, fake. Ha, having said that, this has got to be like another James Bond dies kind of thing. But the thing is, right, yeah, it has to. Well, they tried, <laughs> to do it in, tried to do it in this in this PTS, and then again in Tomorrow Never Dies PTS. Um, again, they were like, "Oh, Bond's dead," and then he's all of a sudden it's like he miraculously emerges from the danger zone. This one's more memorable, but that's actually a better pre-title sequence. There's much more internal consistency. Wow. Do, 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 do. <laughs> we start doing that at the same time. <laughs> oh, written by um, uh, written by um, Bono, Bono and the side. Bono, <laughs> Bono. <laughs> Boner. And the sledge. <laughs> and what's under his hat? Sledge. <laughs> Hang on, these women are in the nip! <laughs> and Warning, folks, make it take nudity. like Oromoth. Starring the guy we just saw get killed. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, who won't be appearing in this film. Sir, may not be appearing in this night. They really should have put that up, shouldn't they? Starring Sean Bean as... And then just They're not appearing in this film. As. Oh, as. He's, he's dead, honest. As Janus. <laughs> Two Face God of War. Wasn't God to give me this face, but that's not the point. This looks a bit music video now. It, it is one of the better ones in the series, but it is dying. I love it. It's very pretty. I think probably this. Um, of all the Danny Climate ones, probably this. And. Uh, um, Royale probably might be amongst my favourite. Oh, I put a two or three ahead of this now, just because it's dating. That's all. In terms of like the newer ones, definitely. 
um, uh, is a bit dated now, obviously, because Skyfall and Casino Royale would go ahead of this. Of I'm, not quite, I'm not quite sure about it. Education. But no, this is very dated now. This is the one shot I don't like. The gun coming out of the mouth looks cheesy as fuck. Oh yeah, it looks a bit weird. Yeah, but it's two face of Yanis. Well, yeah, yeah but he, don't, he, he doesn't shoot anyone with his tongue, Chris. <laughs> he should have done. But yeah, I'd love. I, I just love the fact that anytime you pick a massive plot hole here, Becca goes, oh, "It's a Bond. It's just a film, or it's just a Bond film." And I would just love to pitch a film in Hollywood and just go, uh, and then this happens, and then that happens, and they go, well, "That sounds a bit ridiculous." And I go, "It's a fucking film." It's just a film. <laughs> and see if they green light my pitch. Yeah, they'd probably be like, "I'm sure they would." You know, does it have any boobs in it? Yep, sold. <laughs> <laughs> Is it easy? So I mean, look, then they like you sell the Fast and Furious, so I'm sure being like realistic and making sense doesn't really matter that much as long as it's sellable. You'd like it to have some internal fucking consistency, though. Well, yeah, that, yeah, but it's gone with an eye there, not a not not another type of eye. With an eye and not another type of eye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's really dated, that, that graphic effect. Yeah, you don't see that so very often, do you? Now, pay attention, 007. We understand you want to come back to the service. Nine years later. So we're going to send you on a mission, and then during that mission, we'll evaluate you to go on that mission. And we found you a nice psychiatrist from the home county, so we think Monaco. <laughs> <laughs> Monaco would be ideal for you. The thing is, I can actually see this is obviously written in Dalton and Mind, wasn't it? This this segment. It was, yeah. And was. I can really yeah. can see it. He'd have rocked that cravat. He would have. They'd do a bit of work on that classy. car because there's no way these cars should be anywhere near each other in terms of performance. And also, there's a scene where you can clearly see it's a man driving that car, and not Famke Janssen. I think it's a scene where she's kind of spins out of control, and it's obviously a bloke driving it. All right, I remember that, but I don't remember if I ever noticed it was a man or not. Well, you can see yeah, her in the mirror. You, see, you can see in the mirror then it wasn't her. No, it was under the scenes. Have it's like seen... the bit in Spy You Love Me when they're escaping um, on the on the wet bike, and it's no, no on the speedboat. Sorry, um, and it's obviously a model. <laughs> but obviously, it's been, it, the scene is literally like two seconds on screen, so you blink and you miss it. Well, I can actually hear the music to this in my head. It's, yeah, it, it's the worst music in the film. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen the trailer to the new uh, Johnny English film? No. Nope. Uh, they, they basically do this bit. There's like a bit where they there. It's a man. They, yeah, that's the one. They, they, it's they, a man. Yeah, that's the scene. <laughs> a bit man. It's a bloke. Yeah, it's a bloke in a wig. <laughs> Damn it, Austin! You're talking about my mother. <laughs> um, well, they re- redid all those jokes in Johnny English too, and they were awful. Oh God. No, I haven't seen that one yet. I um, I must watch it. Must you? Yeah, the second one's really bad. Quite I might watch. try it. Yeah, I'm bit, I don't know. I like the first Jordan English film. Um, it was alright. Second one, mm, they had Julian Anderson. Now we've got no sound. Me, this is going on for fucking ever. Yeah, it is on time. I know. I've got the cyclist. Oh. Really, really yeah. obvious. But, but, but this is what I'm going to say. They they do go to the same like road road bit here. The same. Um, scene when they have the, like, the cyclist and he puts out a, a missile and it's like, they're, they're cyclists, sir. 
It's like they're obstructing emojis. <laughs> Really? So, um, but yeah, they, they, they do riff on this. Yeah, I'll have to have a look at that one. Okay. And it's also got um, what's her name from uh, Quantum? She's like. So it does. Oh, oh yes, Olga. yeah, Olga, Olga Kurylenko. Actually, no, I tell a lie. I have seen it. That's a bit weird though. It's random. Like it's the third film in the franchise. Oh, let's reference a film from. 20 odd years ago. See, I'm not convinced from her face there she's horny, but in just a second, <laughs> she's going to be, oh, okay. Ooh, sexy. What a bolly. That doesn't strike me as the rubiest car. Where do you reckon he's going to do her? On the back seat. Yeah, okay. Smooth git. It's a smoothie. Yeah, from being like really uptight and being like really sort of strictly business and it's very easy all of a sudden. Just stop the fucking car and uh, you know to like oh 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 James. You didn't just like bandaged male psychiatrist. (laughs) Yeah, compare compare that you know psychiatrist to the evaluator that um, Daniel Craig gets. I don't reckon Daniel. I don't, I don't think that. That's probably why Daniel walked out. He was like, I'm, I'm, "I'm not fucking him at the end of this." You know, Isn't this guy. It's my usual. You know, he's been evaluated. We don't even quite know what he's doing there. He seems to know something about her, but we don't really know what. It's almost like he's on a mission. Yet he's there. He's there being evaluated. You wouldn't evaluate someone to go back into the service while they're already on a mission for no, you. No, uh, we we don't see Caroline again, do we? So. Well, no. So what? she's probably turned gold. <laughs> oh. No, she noted um, exceptional stamina. Mm. This but is a pretty casino. So you just hire like all guys, wouldn't you, to to deal with Bond? You'd be like, oh, yeah. for God's sake. <laughs> yeah, all, all middle-aged. Well, she's female, brick- like, fucking nothing. Oh, Where's the all, 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 all middle-aged bricklayers <laughs> with hands like fucking shovels? Yeah. <laughs> well, 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 the the war women, sir. Oh. Like, right, okay. Um, what's the ugliest one we have? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now pay attention, 007. We've assigned you a munter. <laughs> yes. But, well, uh, <laughs> any holes go. No, no, yeah, but no, in Bond, they'll like, they'll, they'll fucking fit, as you say. <laughs> <laughs> fucking fit. That's Rocky that does that. Yeah. Fuck someone whilst wearing a torn fucking vest and they're super, they like fit in the next scene. I mean, basically, if, he t- if he'd taken one from the team and fucked all the expendables, he would have been surrounded by a ton of fit women. <laughs> Yeah, Frankie Jensen is actually really good here. Yeah, she is. I always think she's a bit underused, though. But I don't she's know not in this film that much, really. I don't know whether that's because she's playing it a bit too over the top. <laughs> Madam or... stands with fine. She, too, likes to live dangerously. She, yeah. <laughs> 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 my name is Richie Cunningham, and this is my wife, Oprah. 
Mm. Uh, it, it's like allow, my, it's, allow myself to introduce myself. Myself. I cannot hear the word five in a casino now without thinking. <laughs> I also like to live dangerously. <laughs> oh dear. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of fudge. I'm sorry for a minute there. I, I thought your name was Otto. Never mind. It's the emphasis he puts on the F. A lot of fudge. <laughs> oh, that's why it's so funny. Oh my god. Mind you, you don't see him coming back and doing another Austin Powers film, do you? Um, there, was, there was talk of doing a fourth, but Mimi has died. What are you going to do now? It's uh, too long. They've they done, done it all. Yeah. On the top. I'll be very surprised if you come back and did another one. I can't. Yeah, I can't really see Matt Myers coming back. Really, he's looking a bit, you know, chunky now. Yeah. No, I was quite surprised to see him in um, Inglorious. Actually, I've totally forgot he was in that film. Yeah, but I mean, that's getting on for a decade ago. I mean, I know. He's since then, do you know what I mean? And. And that was the, last, the last comedy I saw him in was The Love Guru, which was awful. Oh, that was terrible. I've never oh, seen The Love Guru. I wouldn't bother, Chris. It's not even, it's not even no. so bad. It's good. You won't laugh once and you'll wonder why you're bothered. It's not funny. And that wasn't Heather Graham in that one as well? Oh, I don't know. A long time ago since I saw it. Was it? Yeah, I think. But Justin Timberlake was in it. Oh, if Heather Graham's in it, go ahead and watch it, Chris. You'll probably not enjoy it. No, it was somebody else who was in Austin Powers with him. <clears throat> Probably yeah, Mini Me. Vern Troyer, who's in it. Can't tell the difference between Vern Troyer and Heather Graham. We've, we've already killed him, officer. <laughs> he, was, he was crap as Roller Girl. <laughs> this feels oh. very Bondy esque. This, is, this, cool. is a, this is, feels a bit Roger Moore, doesn't it? Mm. Bit Spy Love Me and stuff. A little oh, bit, yeah. Like, a little bit um, Live and That Die. Yeah. Where are you thinking of in that? Oh, the, the whole voodoo stuff. Yeah. It does now with the smoke behind him in that, but as he ran up through that amphitheatre... Well, there was a bit in the hotel. There was stuff going on there that came about. I think that that's more specifically what I'm thinking of. Yeah, this is basically just Bond just mooching around, isn't he? Just like, ah, oh, she's caught my attention. Yeah, but he sends around. it to him. I said, there is a continuity error there. He lifts it to one eye and it's at the other. But yeah. But he sorted it out because he uh, narrowed his eyes and pressed his lips. <laughs> Saved the scene. And now he's doing it again. That's like a signature move. That's, that's his expression. Now he's, now that and pain face. <laughs> Roger's pain face. Roger's pain face. Compared with Bros's pain face, I think Bros has the ultimate pain face. I can't think of what Roger's pain face looked like. No, he goes, we, that, that's his pain noise. He's got he's got a pain he's got a pain grunt. But the face when he pulls it also, but yeah, this is famous for the pain face. Like, Not so much in this film, but yeah. They changed this guy to Canadian to appease the Americans. Because they didn't like the idea of a being crushed, uh, 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 you know, American soldier being crushed between a woman's thighs. No. And the Russian did, did they really? She's very fucking sweaty there. He must be really tired. Well, yeah, he doesn't look the 
Yeah, he does look like a sweaty individual, doesn't he? Chief, mm. <laughs> you would be thinking, "Fuck, she's a crazy bitch," wouldn't you? Well, it's a controversial view, Chris, but I think I'd agree <laughs> on balance. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not quite. She's. I'm not sure she's quite all there. There's just been a bloke stood in the corner of the room watching them. <laughs> Very right. Yeah, how long he's been there? So is that meant to be um, Janus, i.e. Alec, or is that meant to be the... the what, the dude? hand? Yeah. I've no idea who the hands was. I don't think Alec is there. Or Udomov. Well, it'll be one of the two people who are going to... The other guy who's going to... I like this shot here. <clears throat> what, he looks out the window? No, he looks in the reflection. Yeah. That's very clever. You don't see that very often. Well, it's completely done, really. Uh, you know, or Martin Campbell. Yeah, no, it's very clever. I do like Campbell as a director. But it's, obviously, it's a callback to Goldeneye. Do you, uh, think, do, you think honest, do you think they'll bring yeah. him back for when they uh, fucking hope not? Oh, it'll hope be 2022 not. before that happens. I hope not. It'll be A. A's getting a little bit too old now, and second and B, not A and secondly, <laughs> that doesn't work. Um, B, I don't. I, his filmography is really, really fucking spotty. It's really, really hit and miss. And actually, I don't rate Goldeneye as highly as most people. So I just think all you can do is Sully Casino Royale. Move forward. There's somebody else. Not Martin Campbell again. Mm. I'd, 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 I'd take your point. though. I, 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 I wouldn't be devastated if yeah. it was him. Because he's done quite well in this series. Well, that's just it. It just seems like... It seems to suit him. Yeah. I mean... But... I know. I mean, God knows, not my favourite, obviously, but no. But it's a it's a really decent Bond film, and it has a feel to it. Yeah, it does have a feel to it. Casino Royale has that too. Yeah, the, the issues are with like you know with script writing, isn't it? Right? Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah. And yeah. score, but again, that's oh, yeah, probably producers because like they jump on bandwagons. So Leon was the previous year. This would have been a producer thing. The score. Yes. I used to be so respectful of Eon, and as time's going by, I'm getting ever more hardened that, like, get rid of it, for fuck's sake, take this series off them. Yeah, I think you speak for most of the fan base. We're all getting a bit impatient now. Mm. It's not to disrespect anything they've done at all, but it's time. Sell it. Or just, like, pass it on to people who know what they're doing, like, sort of just get producers who will we'll do it will we'll actually work on it like it's, as you say it's if they're like tired as as they as Daniel Craig said, said in that interview um, they certainly need more like, voices you, involved there's two of them and the other thing is your creativity wears out eventually mm. I mean Michael G. Wilson's written quite a few of the films in the early days they're always involved in creative decisions and where they want the story to go it stands to reason that after a few decades, you're probably a bit fucking out of ideas. You know? Mm. And, and why would an 80-year-old and a 60-year-old 
year old as they nearly are know about like video games and, and wider franchise things it's there's just not the skill set there now i don't think and yeah i think they should yeah. be ashamed of themselves four-year gaps i just think without it being purely um legal or studio a four-year gap you should be ashamed of yourself for this series particularly it's been thrown into sharp relief by yearly star wars and yearly marvel i'm not saying it should go yearly but other franchises are taking like kids attention now bond bond is going to look like a dinosaur when it comes back yeah it needs to catch up really and it's just like it even too late in the day bob rocky decided that she wants to try a creative i mean you can still you can still elsewhere it's like you can still rescue it with a cracking bond film but if they if if we get a fantastic bond film next time out say and then nothing again for years afterwards. You're just not striking while the iron's hot. I mean, I'm not the biggest Skyfall fan, but Skyfall is a successful, respected, deeply popular film. You know, and they left that three years and put very little in between. And you just think, yeah, they just there's no momentum there. Very divisive character in this film, Boris. I can't fucking stand him. Well, at least he's a, a baddie. Yeah. He gets his comeuppance. He's not like, Bond's, Bond's unwittingly psychic. Mm. You have to go, oh, for fuck's sake. Tits! Oh, all right, no. <laughs> <laughs> I am invincible. <laughs> Boris Goodison Cook. What was that sitcom he was in where he was like a, a like God, it was, he was like setting um like an airport or something, wasn't it? On... Yeah, he was like um yeah, an, what an, was air, it? an air host. Oh I will say air hostess obviously he wasn't but... <laughs> Flight attendant. Yeah, flight attendant, yeah. I never saw it. Oh yeah, no, I remember that as well. That's like 90s. I barely remember remember it, mm. but I, I can't even remember what it was called. What? It wasn't called The High Life or something. Yes. But I yes. Yeah, I think it was. Yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Do you know, I'm remembering you saying that on a podcast. I'm not remembering the show. You knew it before. You've mentioned it. It's just it. drifted from memory. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I'm remembering you. I'm telling I'm you a it. fact based on you telling me a couple of years ago. God. You know, you get an old one. I used to be able to do that with my dad because he had a shit memory. So he'd tell me something, like a fact, an interesting fact, in your, a fun fact, in fact. And you'd go, oh, right, brilliant. And then, like, a year later, you'd tell him, and he'd go, really? He was always really impressed. You're like, you told me that. Oh, no, I wouldn't give that away. I didn't know, but you wouldn't tell him. No, I remember, like, I think... Amazing. Like, that that with me, and it was like, oh, I heard so-and-so, and I was like, oh, I told you that. And he's like, oh. So. Dun, 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 dun. Is Slughead uh, an actual thing in, in Russia? I wouldn't have thought so. Could be, but I wouldn't have thought so. Don't know. I'm going for the cigarettes while my colleagues go and murder you all. <laughs> but we can look at this nice bigotry. Yeah, you can tell Goldeneye was made on a smaller budget than sort of action films of its era. Mm. But I do, I do love, I do love dimensions and bigotries. I just. So I really appreciate like in camera effects. I mean the visuals. Um, that the doesn't look. Really that, well. that doesn't look so bad. For example, some of them you can tell. Points of this film do look like really bad. 
funny. I mean, it wouldn't have been time. They had, they had a pretty comfortable production on all of this because Brosnan was in place nice and early. Mm. Uh, they'd been writing versions of the script for bloody years. Amazingly enough, that... Remember those days where they, like, you know, didn't half-ass around for a script just as they were filming it? And, and then give it to a writer, and go, oh, um... Yeah, let's give it to... Yeah. Uh... Leave that writer alone for ages, because you trust him. Then we <laughs> go, oh. Um, and they give it to, like, uh, Wade and Pierce, or... Yeah, because that's the best you can find, Purvis and Wade. Yeah, I don't think they're as bad as they're painted, but, like, yeah. again, it's the one series. Why do you keep giving it to them? Give varied voices. Come on. But, part... I'm... Did they... Were they sole writers of... The others beyond here, like I know they they were co co wrote Casino and things like that, but were they the sole writing credit for? In later years, they've had in later years they've had people come in and do polishes on it and stuff. Mm. So Paul Haggis and Jez Butterworth or whatever he's called and others. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I think they started with the world is not enough, didn't they? And I don't know. I think they were sole writers. Yes, I think they did. Unless Abdead's wife got a credit because she wrote some dialogue and stuff. I wonder how much it is compared to what the studio wants. Like, this is the thing, they'll get credit for it, but I, I probably bet that it's not really what they would have stuck to had they had sold Oh, no, I think they're fairly compliant. I mean, they wrote Die Another Day and they wrote Casino Royale. Mm. And that tells you they're fairly compliant. You know, because I mean, in the latter film, even the lines worked. You know, they throughout any. I don't know. I don't know. But I, I don't understand. Arguably, well, it's probably a sign of the times. It's probably the fourth biggest it's a big franchise for twelve A, isn't it? But it's one of the mm. big. Yeah, it's a graphic. World. It's the longest lasting, and they've been using the same writers for like twenty years. You just think like. Not to knock them, but you would just think for sheer variety, you know, you'd get some other voices in. I do think the series is being hopelessly mismanaged at the moment. Mm. Mm. It's not to say they were always mismanaging it, but they are now. The mo- the modern, oh yeah, I would say they really are series, now. You know, there should be more of a multimedia presence. Well, I've said all this before, but yeah, they, you know, they, they, there's a lot they're not doing. And I think a four-year gap is, is absolutely disgusting for a, basically a one-trick pony of a studio. Especially when you, your Bond's ageing fast. That's the problem. You, you, you cast them quite near to middle age anyway, and that's right and proper. So you've got a decade before they start looking a bit too old. You know what I mean? If you're lucky, on average, sometimes a bit more, sometimes a bit less, depending on who it is. So you start wasting four years here and three years there and four years again. The Craig era has been a terrible waste. It's just had no momentum at all. Mm. If the fifth one's good, then I think we can come out and say, well, you'd put Casino Royale, Skyfall and that fifth one up against like the best three of anyone else, maybe. And you would go, well, that on balance. That's a decent run. Yeah, it's a decent run, but it could have been so much more. If the fifth one isn't really good, then I will genuinely think it's been a dreadful waste. Well, well, he could have had, like, five already, and he could have been, like, out. 
Yeah, yeah you, you should have had five by now, really. But, um, yeah, when they said after, like, two years after the last film, right, well, we got Daniel and now we're starting to look at the script. It's like, mm. what, what, starting? Well, here's the thing I don't understand, and maybe it's like a like a studio movie business type thing, but why, why haven't they, like, got people coming up with scripts and ideas while they want in production? Rec- they- like, yeah, while, while the one's being filmed, script. like thinking ahead, just like, look, just so we've got something to run with for next time. They and must we, get and spe- we can iron it out and make time. it, like, perfect. Yeah, they, they must get spec scripts all the time as well. There must be so much material that comes to them with different ideas. And, yeah, there must be... Most writers out there, genuine creatives, would have ideas as well. Mm. You could go to almost, you know, any decent writer and they would have a take on a Bond film, I reckon. But, um, I, I do think this because it's like what about forty minutes almost, and now we just get into the money penny scene. I think this yeah, kind of thirty-seven, yeah, yeah. This does kind of like ruins the pace a little bit. It and should then, be, it should be like fifteen to twenty minutes maximum. Yeah, yeah. but I, I mean that, that may be a bit of a traditional speaking, maybe. But I think given yeah. that, given that this is the first one, you need to kind of go right get. Yeah, maybe they wanted the focus to be on him. I wouldn't be surprised that was deliberate. That's just half half an hour where the focus is just him. Mm. Maybe. I don't know. It's funny because Brosnan has chemistry with almost nobody, but he has pretty good chemistry with the money penny. She is pretty decent money penny, though, to be fair. She's good in the first two. The latter two, she becomes a simpering fucking idiot. That's not the actress, that's the script. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, it's one of those helicopters. That's that's the one that's got the escape shoot, shoot right by your head. <laughs> <laughs> Who designed that? <laughs> you see something fly past you. Was, weren't quite sure what it was, so you turn your head really quickly to see what it was and eject yourself from the fucking helicopter. Oh, look, it's Martin Bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were referring to Judy Dench there. <laughs> Ju- Judy Stench? Yes. Peace <laughs> Spencer. Oh, to be fair, she does not look that The good news, Alex Ferguson is out of intensive care. She does if you see her in Skyfall right after. Yeah. She's, she aged quite a lot, actually. We expected to in like getting on for twenty years, but yeah, it's, it is noticeable. Being um, it's very stressful, you know. They don't normally do that sort of job in real life for two decades. <laughs> no, no, it's, yeah, you did kind of yeah, I didn't go on that long. I don't think. Yeah, for, uh, said, to get yeah, to prepare for the role, yeah, Judy Dent actually was. The, <laughs> the, she, she was the head, head of, of security there. service for, for all that time. Yeah. <laughs> really threw in there, like. Actually, in the fictional world, they stay in the job longer because, like, they're getting loads of like saucy sex stories from Bond every time he comes back. <laughs> I'll stick cool. it around for this. I've no idea why they take a, the new Bond girl for a new era and dress her like that. I know she's at work, but that's sp- particularly dowdy. It's very um. Very I'm saying she should have just been dressed in a thong or something. And then contrast that to later on when they're in the um, satellite dish. When she's got the action scenes, so 
they tend to really kind of smarten her up a little bit. Yeah. Um, and portray her more as like an action heroine. So I think that's a nice contrast. Just in terms of the costumes, that's all. Whereas like kind of you see some Daniel, she's always in black, tight fitting costumes, like leather or quite provocative outfits. I, I... I guess. I mean, I, I, I mean, it's like what mid nineties, so maybe they just didn't quite know what what to do, or I don't know. I, I forget what. What tone do we go for? Do we yeah. make her a bit more realistic? She's at work. Well, you know, she's she's quite. I'm not well saying tart her up. I'm saying they you couldn't have gone dowdier. There, there was there was probably a level of um, what's her character, uh, what would be appropriate. So there's probably like, mm, well, let's, exactly. let's start off like... What well, sort of budget would you have? What, what clothes would you be able to afford? Kinda. I mean, I, yeah, I, don't, I don't know, but... Well, don't I, wear I, any I... clothes if you can't afford them, then. We'll just have her in the mood. <laughs> Turn up in her underwear. Alan coming while she is naked. But <laughs> Did I was trying tell? to look up the um the the plane program that he was in. And I looked up a fun fact on um IMDb.com. I said, Oh, it has his own aftershave called coming and I was like, Oh god, really? Coming. <laughs> <laughs> they should have just called it come, shouldn't he? He really should have done. Uh, <laughs> no, I quite I quite enjoy him in this film. Yeah. Um, and I'm, up, I'm upstairs spraying myself. <laughs> <laughs> he's obviously an X Men as well, which is a great big boost, which I like a lot. I'll put on that. She died. The Nightcrawler sequence at the start of X2 is probably still the best set piece in the entire X-Men franchise. I think that's really cool. No, I really enjoy that scene. Yeah. It's quite memorable as Nightcrawler as well. We'll, re- we'll review that series when we run out of literally everything else. <laughs> yeah, I quite like to do the X-Men series. Well, the first two were all right, then they're all shit. Well, that's not quite true. And then Logan, which is amazing. First class is great. First class is all right. The one after that, not so much. And then Logan is fantastic. No, I, I think you're both forgetting Days of Future Past as well, but I still prefer First Class. Mm, yeah, no, First Class is pretty good. I like it a lot. But it's not a series I'm that bothered about, though. They never made another one, and of course they have, and they were, you know, there is stuff coming out. It's been delayed for fucking months, which is a mm, great sign. They've got offshoots of it, haven't you, now, from, <laughs> from that universe? So, like The Gifted and um, Runaways? Yeah, I think just waiting for it to, to fully fall into Marvel's hands. Yeah. Sure. And now we've got Deadpool as well, so. Yeah, Deadpool's fine for two or three. That joke's going to wear itself thin, though, isn't it? I, I've got a feeling it's going to push its limit after the second one. In fact, I liked... When I went to Deadpool, I laughed in all the right places, found it really funny, came out going, that was great. Rewatched it a couple, few months later on home release I didn't buy it or anything but I like I watched it on home release and didn't enjoy it anywhere near as much it was like a one watch mm. I'm not fussed about watching it a second time I'll watch the second one probably laugh in all the same places and I've learnt my lesson I won't bother watching it a second time even if it's great it, it, it depends because there is like you always felt with the first Deadpool the limit there were certain limitations on what it could do because it does that much of a a challenge it was like okay Will this character actually work? And they had such a limited budget that they couldn't do what they could only do so much. So there was that element to it. So I, there was like a, a part, part of the second one. Now we know it's a confirmed thing. I wonder whether the new 
Sorry, Becky, you're breaking up. I wonder, how, you know, how far I've got third or fourth. No, I just wonder oh. how far the series is going to go. Um, I finally got around to watching the first one on streaming. Um, really? But I, yeah, I eventually got around to watching it. I really enjoyed it. Thought it was quite funny. Um, but with the second one, I'm kind of thinking, is it going to be like a long franchise, or is you know, because it's done it, it, with it, it very, very much tongue in cheek. It's quite ironic. It's very knowing. It's very meta. So it, I wonder. Yeah, uh, I, I think it'd be very short because I, it, maybe because it's going from. Uh, experience had like the other week I was like watching it with someone who is not a fan of Ryan Reynolds just does not get him and I, mm-hmm. and I thought oh you probably like Deadpool because it's kind of it's kind of just your kind of sense of humour and you try watching a film with someone who you know is just actively not enjoying it it completely changes the whole thing it's like oh mm-hmm. shit all of a sudden this film's not funny anymore it is funny once but you watch it a second time there's hardly anything to it I think, I think it's budgetary they had about 7 million mm. cut off their budget yeah it's quite low budget wasn't it so it's basically two set pieces and a load of other stuff and that's it um, but it just didn't have any rewatch value it's not that I thought it was a bad film or that it was worse on second watch it's just one of those films mm. I could only really watch once I, yeah, so I've, learned, I, I've learned my lesson with the sequel now. I I'll think, watch it tonight, that'll be it. I think the sequel everyone will like. It'll probably be okay, but I think beyond that it will run tired. I yeah. I, 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 I it'll be one of those things that everyone will well, enjoy, everyone, everyone enjoy jokes, the second yeah. one, but I don't yeah. think they'll be upset for the third one. I think everyone will be like that, but they do. Oh look, he's cracking jokes about Patrick Stewart and stuff. It's like, yeah, yeah. we've got the format now. So anyway, she's about to give Pierce Brosnan a talking to. Now listen here, Bond. Now listen here, Bond. You're entirely too interested in muff. <laughs> Please stop it. I said I sent you a buxom young psychiatrist and you fucked her. <laughs> I call that misuse of government property. While I'm here, can I just ask, did you do her in that tiny car? Yeah, I, 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 had, I was on the top. I, I was on the top of things, Madam. When, when, when he dropped the uh, the car with the uh, valet, I was just like thinking about the cum stains. Kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, just... yeah, the valet, the valet gets out and the seat goes with him. Yeah, <laughs> he goes back. Yeah, there's some stains. Mm, quite it's get it's a bit of. sticky in there. Just warn you. <laughs> oh, Christ. This is still relevant. Many years on. Do you think Pierce is thinking, is she fuckable? Mm. <laughs> <gasps> no. Oh my god. I, I was just evaluating. <sighs> I'll go with a no, but the main reason is I'm a bit iffy about buttons and I wouldn't want to be undoing that fucking thing. <laughs> I don't know, she does a uh, drink of whiskey straight, so... You think I'm an accountant, even though I'm, like, pissed at work? <laughs> yeah, she's always drinking, like, bourbon or something. Like and I've just like, been talking about... Is? And I'm just talking about how much you're into muff. Our tax dollars. Which is not how we refer to it here at all, eh? Because that's not our currency. But we wouldn't say tax pounds either. No, I know. I was I was reading something offline, and I was like, no, that's not right. Um. <laughs> oh, yeah. What would what we say? We say what tax funded? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I, I think I might concentrate on trying to talk about the film for a bit. I think I might. <laughs> I was trying to catch up on the news um, to see if I can get any more info on... Um, on whether any of Morricone still alive. <laughs> <laughs> well, we didn't mention Anvie Coates after and she's unfortunately passed away. After all of that, come back alive. Come back alive. He's not going to come back dead, is he? Well, he might do. They're delivering back in the body. <laughs> Very back. small boxes. Fucking shit, Michael G. Wilson cameo here. Oh, it's great. And then the next one I, is. I really don't like like him making cameos anyway because he's not a director. It's just like. Well, that's quite interesting though, but he's been involved in the series forever. Um, I like the one in Torrent Never Dies. Consider him slight. I, I think that's it. brilliant. It's it. funny. It's dreadful. It takes me right out of the film. It's, it's cringy. It's that's cringy. the point. Like it's it. fucking rubbish. <laughs> I, I don't enjoy it's like when you see Hitch you know it's like it yeah, takes you out of the film I don't want to watch things that are shit for the sake of it like go man look how shit that is I really it don't is it's bad it and he's not an actor that. so you've now got a table full of people who react to what he says now like actors and one bell end in the middle who can't do it he's not on screen for very long exhibit for why this is fucking series so he stops indulging himself I feel really bad because I can't pronounce his actor's name, but um, I think he's a bit underused. Chicky Cario. Yeah. He's, he's what, a, yeah, he's a bit underused. In this I can't thing. pronounce it either, but I gave it a go. He is, no, he's really good. Um, oh, he was in a TV series recently, wasn't he? He also did coffee adverts. Um, did he? Is he Gareth yeah, Hunt? <laughs> no, he's... Um, well, well, apart from being like the villain in the first Bad Boys film, um, yeah, he's he's the 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 guy the main guy in Nikita. That's the one. Was he in Nikita? Yeah, he's he's the main guy. No, was the... he in the was he in Nikita? Was... <laughs> I, I, I I believe so. <laughs> or, or at least there was um, probably I don't know I can't remember now. Oh shit, there's a survivor. We should kidnap her and put her on an armoured train. I think that was it. That was a good series. What was? What oh, was yeah, it? no, it's called Missing. Um, You're breaking up a bit. Yeah. It's, it's called Missing. But he was. It was pretty. Apologies, Becca seems to be breaking up. Uh, Either that, or she does a brilliant Norman Collier impression. <laughs> nice hit reference for you kids out there. So we're, on, so we're nearly an hour into the film, and we're getting the cue scene. Yeah, my internet connection is very poor. We may have, we may have to drop you out and dial you back in. Actually, we'll keep the film running, but we may have to drop you out and dial you back in. We'll see how it goes. Um, oh, so. This, this is a bit odd having the cue scene like halfway through the film, really. Um, it's um, uh, yes. People don't know. It's notice. kind of like they they've got all the all the building blocks of Bond, but just not put... in the right order. They're not kind of where they should be. That's the thing. But fans of this film never notice any of this. They just see all the accoutrements and a nice new young Bond and like think, new oh, sets. Shiny. And, yeah, exactly. I think that's so much of this film because actually, when you break it down, it, it's it's all in the wrong place, and the plot doesn't make any sense. That's kind of. And this is an hour into the film, right? And in a minute, he'll get out in the field, and not that much really happens in the second half. 
no, the rest of it is all pretty much flashbang. But it's the same with um, like Fear Eyes Only, for example. It essentially has two cue scenes. Obviously, that you know, I do. I've come to enjoy that film a lot more. We essentially get two cue scenes, and then like, but where they come in the film really takes you this. out. You can kind of see him it. looking off camera. You can see him looking off to the side to read his Sadly, life. you can because obviously he needs idiot boards. And that, I'm afraid that's the director. You know, that's the thing. Everyone thinks well, Mark well, Campbell's like eighty odd. Board. You know, he was quite. Yeah, but quite there old. was no. Pr- yeah, but they, when you film it like that, no, but, yeah, but shut up. When when you film him like that, it's fine because it's like it's quick cuts and like. Mm. They, it, tomorrow never dies. There was no problem because the scene wasn't shot like that. They shoot too much in long, wide takes. No, it's because they tried to shoot it obviously. Look how on, swollen his hands are. In um, in the lab too. Sorry, so there's a lot of you know shots, reverse shot. What? His hands are really swollen. Yeah, he's got problems not, not going on. Not him because he's an old guy here. But like, that would you know. be uh, that would be heart problems or something. Mm. I would have thought. Yeah. Bang. Writing's on the wall. Along with the rest of him. No. <laughs> the thing is, though, like... And years later, that would win us an Oscar. <laughs> yeah, it didn't win us an Oscar. Well, not us, but the Bond series. frankly, I don't want to win an Oscar <clears throat> for that song. It's not. It's fucking ridiculous to win an Oscar for that song. I'd quite like to win an Oscar. <laughs> yeah, but not for that song. Can you imagine... No. Make, like, can you imagine you make a load of really great music and great albums and that and all the major awards and lose you. Oscar for Bond. You write a complete pile of shit and get an Oscar for it. Mm. <laughs> and that's it'd be like first line of his obituary as well. It's like, oh, fuck. Okay. Yeah, but isn't that the same for quite a lot of people though? Like they always end up getting an Oscar for yeah. or something for not their best work. No. Of a woman. No. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Smelly. I don't yeah. think I've seen Scent of Woman like the for it in its entirety. He's fucking dreadful in it, and he won an Oscar for it. And then you think, you look back at his seventies work, and it was all great. Is that because he played was... a blind man? It's because he ma- it's because he played about five characters in one. I think he was certainly doing the volume of about five people. I, 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 really I, shouty over the top performance. It was I awful. think it was because it was it was Pacino, and he hasn't won an Oscar yet. It was June. And, 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 and he was playing yeah, a blind guy. Like, that yeah. was the factor of it. It's like, yeah, give him the Oscar. Yeah, because that's how so, shallow the Oscars are. They like... so if you want if you want to be a, if you want to win an Oscar, play someone who's like impotent or something. You've got to have a disability. Or, 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 be, or play a historical figure of some sort. Yeah, like uh, Benny Hill. Yes. <laughs> so play Benny Hill as impotent and win an Oscar. I could write that. So this is actually can, can you actually imagine down your relief that, yeah. that he didn't say Felix Leiter. Um, sort of. I still wish they'd managed to put Felix Leiter in this because he could have worked with a false leg. Yeah. I don't, but that's because I don't like the Wade character. But then, having said that, I largely dislike the Wade character because of next week. Well, I say next week. We're not recording tomorrow. Never dies <laughs> next week. And in real time, they didn't release it the following week. So that doesn't work, does it? But next week, if you travel back in time to our original <laughs> Golden yeah. Eye podcast. Yeah, a week after that, tomorrow never dies.
Or the... What, what was his character name in Living Daylights? Um, Brad Whitaker. Brad Whitaker, yeah. It's not something that's Brad Whitaker. The arms Brad, Brad Whitaker, yeah. It's not Brad Whitaker. It's on the straight and narrow now. It's like... We'll skip over how much trouble Chris had with the words Brad Whitaker there. <laughs> <laughs> That was well, he's got a busy time at the gym, don't you know? I know, he, he did half a press-up. Plus he was Batman, so... If I was making this film, I would not have a read out the specs here, because it just dates the film terribly. Of course it's the film's really going to the film's gonna date. Look at the units and the monitors and stuff. The giant CRT monitors. It, it's drawing more attention to it. She actually reads out the specs of the computer she wants to test. Bargains now. I would like an abacus. <laughs> I would like a IB. No, what was it? Um, I would like ABC. a Spectrum, a Commodore. <laughs> oh, I, I like would like to test a Spectrum in Cheltenham. <laughs> That's quite funny. Five hundred meg. Wow! Oh my god! All looking tight, tight in his his ties. Oh, you're making me nervous. He's oh, yeah, Madam requires he, a sexy demonstration. I've never noticed how wide that comb over is as well. How far no, down it's quite greasy, isn't it? Big sign. Incoming email. Yeah, that's not suspicious at all. No. I love how jumpers like the Lego Wired magazine. Oh, I've actually been to the Golden Eye Church. See, this scene would have worked better had we not had that cutaway to him. Yeah, takes you out of it. No, but it would have like it. would have been like, oh, is he? Is that? Is it really him? Or... Particularly as it's coming up on the screen, trust no one. Well, shit. Who am I talking to? <laughs> he could be anybody. Well, but also adds like plausibility because we don't know. Look at that like, bustling metropolis. He, he could be. Yeah, he could be <laughs> hidden away. Like, how oh, are they coping like, with like, all that like Yeah. You want a quiet day? Probably filmed it on a Sunday. <laughs> Not so much I traffic. I don't, don't think even on a Sunday it's that quiet. But I better pissed off like all the regular commuters by like, fuck's sake. <laughs> trying, how. trying to get to work. It's very cinematic. So, obviously, as per our review of this episode, the church seen on the outside is very different to what's on the inside. Are you telling us that the movies lie to us, Becca? Yes. I thought, I thought it was all real. This church, Agus Sophia, um, that cross is all rare, but that's actually in in um, in London. Yeah, um, it's very beautiful. Very beautiful. If you're lucky enough to try and visit, um, if they can interest in Greek churches, I would recommend it. Um, maybe try to go like during Mass, for example, but we just rocked up um, over the weekend. Where, where um, was it again? Um, I can't remember where it is now. Um, oh, dear. I need to look it up. It's basically, yeah, Hagia Sophia um, in... Oh, I can't think of what it's called. It's Boris, it's Boris, it's Boris. But it's really beautiful. Let's just have a look. Yeah, it does look, it does look like a mini driver. 
I always felt this film had been like cut to shreds because some of it was things I didn't know, like the cars hardly in it, and I didn't realise that's because they inked the deal so late. Um, or they thought they had the deal, so I think they filmed a bit with it, but they weren't sure. I, I can't really remember, because I always thought the Q scene was shot early. I meant to point out how stiff Brosnan looks in that scene, but I forgot as we were watching it. But um, Bayswater, sorry. But the other thing that, that really um, makes me think the film's been cut is there was a lot of hype around Robbie Coltrane being in it, and he was interviewed in, on things, and he was saying, yeah, I play this Russian gangster and all the rest of it. And he's in one relatively short scene. I do think they might have cut a bit more of him. Can't say for certain, but I think mm. they may have done. I think I think it was mostly just because he was a, like a name, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, this is this is actually he, he will have been. This will have been in and around him filming the third series mm. of Cracker. I would say yeah, he's pretty much Cracker by this point. Yeah. The, I... yeah the, this would have shot in early '95. Well, mm. they were shooting Cracker early in '95, the third series. You know, what I reckon it is Dave. I think it's because of that, because he was like a name, and I think it was almost like a semi-distraction from the fact that, well, yeah, then people he might, a big name British actor. People might, like, people might anticipate him to be the villain because he, he, but what? What, what yeah. we train playing a Russian gangster, right? It's gonna, he's gonna yeah. be rather than say Sean Bean, who, who plays at MI. With that ma- masterful misdirection yeah. at the start of the story, yes. Yeah, yeah. That's probably their thinking. Yeah, probably. I mean, Cracker, it, it, I can't remember a more acclaimed British television show. Mm. It was just... It, it. We had less in the way of multi-channel TV at the time, although we had some. So more. They, these things got larger audiences than they do now anyway. But I can't remember a show that just got such a uniform acclaim in this country. There's been yeah, several from the, the there's been several from the US since, but certainly, certainly in this country, I think Cracker might be one of the finest things we've ever produced. Yeah, I think this one and then and what was the one that um, Helen Mirren was in? Prime uh, Suspect. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the only Prime Suspect, the Prime first. Suspect, one, that's the one. Yeah, but that that was really only the first double parter that was like really really acclaimed sure but i'm just trying to think of other sort of crime similar crime dramas um but no i would, I would say definitely i would agree with you on that point dave but yeah cracker was absolutely terrific any any us um us listeners obviously it's not Look just it about up. a uh, yeah. southern white dude but um if you can try to seek out the show it is really brilliant obviously you um, had your own version over there with robert pastorelli but you want to find the british version it's really good it wasn't quite the same but i tried to live up there it, it had, a, had a lot of um British actors in it as well, you know, like you had Chris Beckelson in it for mm. a certain amount of time. You had uh, mm. Robert Carlyle in there as well. In the um, in the in Cracker. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Christopher Eccleston was in like the first series and like most of the first stories because mm. what you'd have is you'd have a story that would go over two or three parts, and there would be like three or four of them in a series or something like that, and he was killed in, I think, the second episode of the second series, the second season, as you would know it, over yeah. there. Um, by, uh, by, by Rob Carlyle. He was killed with a bayonet. Was there, like, a, there was a famously tense scene, isn't there, between him and Coltrane? Um, not that I think what it is. Yeah, it's not it, a famous one, is it? <laughs> well, no, no, just, I think, because I, obviously I remembered it when we reviewed um, 
what is it enough? It was one of my fun facts. Oh, he does interrogate him. Quatrain um, appeared together, and it was. Right. No, no, there was a scene where he interrogated him. So I, I didn't kind of watch it, but I was aware of it growing up. Oh, it was great. That that episode. Uh, a bit, a bit, a bit too young at the time. Obviously, it, it growing coincides up. coincides with the, the the episode where he killed Bilbra. No, the final episode where they introduced DCIYs. That coincides with a really, really traumatic day in my life that I won't go into. But it took me years to see. It took me years to see the third part because of what happened that day. So I just didn't get to see any TV that day. Um, But years later, I saw that the rest of that Albie Kinsella story. Uh, It's like a a well-known storyline, isn't it? I think. Yeah. It is probably the most famous storyline in that um, show. Albie Kinsella, played by Renard. Renard. Which is why we all thought he was going to be great as Renard, and then they completely wasted it. He wasn't. Because <laughs> like, he's Albi Kinsella's like, better than like, like, Yeah, Albi Yeah, so it's basically yeah, calling like, back Kinsella and also um, train spotting. Yeah, he's better than Begbie though, is what I'm saying as a performance. Albi Kinsella. Oh, for sure. No, I think there was. I remember well, probably mid 2000s. I think there was like a hundred most tense scene countdown and. Obviously, I was, I was familiar with both acts, obviously, through Bond. Um, but I was obviously too young to have seen Cracker, like, properly growing up. I don't remember it being that tense. I know he interrogated him at one point. But um, I there, were lo- there, was, there were other actors in it that I've, I've seen in, in lots of different things. I need to have a look, actually. Let me look up Cracker, because I'm sure there's one or two other links in there. Feel free to talk about this film while I'm looking. What, this sex fight scene? Sex fights, yeah. <laughs> oh, it turned the break me. Watch out for Bros's pain face. Oh, it's bloody awful. She puts her, she goes around his thighs in a minute. Uh, puts her thighs around him in a minute. The face he pulls, it's awful. <laughs> then speaks with pleasure. There we are. There's the birth of the pain face. Or maybe you shouldn't be living here. <laughs> but it's so hairy oh my god yeah you go so Robert King was played by David Calder he was in he was in Cracker as well that's the one I knew there was another link there's probably more than that but that's the one I was thinking of like that's fun he just knocks a guy out with just a a casual fling of a bucket. I know. They really, they just went too far with the Brosnan era. This isn't actually so bad. But um, later on, I mean, it's just one punch knockouts and everything he tries, he's the best in the fucking world at. And it, it got a bit obnoxious, actually. See the stupid fucking faces he pulls. Judo chop. Dalton would have been great in this. What in the film as a whole? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can kind of see it. With with this kind of was kind of like written with Dalton in mind partly. Uh, you will never get to the bottom of that, Chris, because they wrote various scripts for him, and then they had something which sort of became Golden Eye, but you know it got retailored and rewritten, and I don't really know. I don't know if I don't know if he would have ever done. A film that was exactly this, possibly. They might have tailored it slight, 
slightly differently because he's a slightly older actor than Brosnan. I don't know. Mm. I don't think Brosnan's that bad in it. It's just I just found I just find his his eras of let down by his films. It's just all suits and look look how smart I am. It's it's watching a male model glide through the role. And and he's got two expressions, the pain face and the fucking purse's lips and narrow his eyes and that's it. And I just think I just think it, and and when you marry that to just being a character that's amazing at everything at all times, it comes off as sort of smug and a bit obnoxious. It's quite far away from like Connery's Bond, for example. Um, but that's what I find most compelling about because they all kind of bring their own. Like Brosnan does have this air of kind of like finesse. I, I massively disagree. Brosnan brought nothing to the role at all. He's a remix of what came before. There is nothing unique in his portrayal in the slightest. He's got a kind of air of class, maybe, that perhaps you wouldn't find elsewhere. He's, a great, he's, just, he's just the greatest hits Bond. That's all he is. I think that's largely, to be fair on Boston, I think that's largely down to the production creative team. Well, he was yeah, given, I would he say the same. It's, no, it's down to his films. He was given no meat to work with, but I, I can only comment on the end result. Mm. And the end result is just painfully thin now. I think he's a very com- compelling, but obviously he's very charismatic. Um, but they all bring something like. I just, I just don't. Know, I'm, I'm, watching, much cool, I'm watching this fun. guy who is just basically wandering around like a male model and having no chemistry with anyone at all. Yeah, that's some chemistry. I think it with who? Who has he got any chemistry um, with? Zenya. Um, he's got no chemistry with Zenya. He's in one scene with her, and that's a fight. No, I really enjoyed that. I think that's. Got, if you, he doesn't have any chemistry with anyone. I you disagree. Have a, I think if you go and have a look at Dalton, who's seen as a much colder character, he's got chemistry. He has with chemistry all, with all his girls. With all his girls. Brosnan, uh, Dalton did, yeah. Brosnan, I feel the, I feel the, you know, the definite sense of rivalry between him and Travolta. I mean, you put him with, you put him with Terry Hatcher. You put him with. He had some with. He had some with Sophie Marceau. But you put him with like Harley. Unfortunately, Berry, I, re- I rewatched Dine of the Day recently, um, and I kind of reviewed my opinion. I do think he has very much chemistry with his band with Jinx, no, he for example. No, he doesn't have any at oh. all. But for a guy who's quite funny and charismatic in real life, and when you go and watch him in The Tailor of Panama, and like the chemistry he's got with the, like the people in that. That's a good film. Jamie Lee Curtis, I think it is. Mm. Um, to see him so stiff, it's because he's too stiff. I think he's too nervous in the role. I'm, I don't know if it's that or not. It's first time kind of doing like Bond parody outside of Bond, isn't it? So he, he doesn't generally have a lot of it, chemistry. It, I think any... for this, it's probably, as, you, as you've said in your review, David, safety first. Everyone's like on, right. Everyone's on edge. And just let's a little bit like, fuck right, this cool. up. Let's be. No, let's not mess it all up. Let's not take too no, many I, chances. But no, I do. I, I'm feeling the chemistry here for sure. That's I, I, I do it's it's not you disagree. I'm not it's not that I think he's bad it's that I don't think he's bringing anything unique to the role and he is bookended by two better bonds he just is the the the, the pair of them like had fresh takes and he like he brings his irishness to the role well, that, <laughs> it, he brings his irishness to charms to the role he brings his own experience to the role but yeah, that's the point. Uh, I think that what's ruined Pierce Brosnan's Bond is Daniel Craig, because it's led to a reappraisal. What does he bring to the role? What you, you really need me to spell out what what Daniel Craig brings to the no, role? No, I don't. No, exactly. But Daniel Craig has led to like a reappraisal of Dalton's period as well. So Dalton's period is now rated higher than it was when Brosnan was in the role. So well, now the yeah, license to kill was hugely. So he's this metri- so he's this metrosexual fucking model in the middle of it. You had two actual proper there's actors element, on the side of it. 
can't even speak now. There's an element of Bond where like it is about the suits and it's about the clothes that he wears um, and the cars that he drives mm. um, and the food that he eats and the drinks that he drinks and the cigarettes that he smokes. Obviously, not here. But... Obviously, now since you know he's I not going to see smoking I, I think, again. I think there's. Um, there's an I element there. It's all about the tailoring um, and and how he looks in a particular scene, how he dresses, and how he conducts himself. But there's nothing to that. When you take that away from Brosnan, there is nothing else. I think it looks quite sharp. Obviously, <laughs> it's, it's very dated. I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I, I think what, what, I think what Brosnan brings. I think there is. I think there is a generation who do, who do really enjoy Brosnan. I think. I did I think, at the time. I loved him at the time. And I think that's what it is. It's just like fond memories of just. Like watching like a, like a bomb film and just being entertained. But the film also is more like humanity, like entertainment. There's, there's more entertainment value, I would say. Whereas like, Daniel Craig is kind of more like he is an instrument, but like there is kind of more of a, of a human side to him as well. Um, I don't what in Brosnan's Bond. I, I it's don't not. See. It's not as like comedic as, as more. For example, it's not. He hasn't got that hard edge. As compared to like Connery in his early films, he doesn't or, really have um, anything, does he? The comedy's not there, the hardness ain't there. It's oh the no, it, it, is, it is there, but perhaps it's obviously scripts. in terms you know, of you know, you know, with different material, with different directors, maybe he would have done something. He worked with John Borman to put in a really great performance. Oh, exactly. It's, you it, know? It's, it's because of his films, definitely. But not, I'm entertained by maybe not dying of the day, but I'm entertained by his Bond films. Um, yeah, they're aging like shit though. Like for example, with Sophie Marceau, like it's the scene where he calls her, he kills her in cold blood. That's you wouldn't expect that of Brosnan's Bond. I find that quite I difficult. Think, I think Goldeneye will can start dropping down people's lists in the years to come. Well, it's usually dated. It's basically going the way of it's not because it's bad. It's because a lot of it is the nostalgia of our generation and the sheen that was on it when it was new. So no, it's very, it's very dated. Folks, all, what, the same thing will happen to Craig. You know, it's happening to Roger Moore films now. The same thing will happen what I'm to Craig. To say, and though, the, yes, the generation what, after him and after him after him. So, what I'm trying to say though is that if you if Goldeneye starts dropping away in reputation, he really will be fucked because his other three films are normally really low in everybody's rankings. He's the only Bond without a really great Bond film. I mean, it, Roger Moore is now actually sort of coming up in my estimation because, on average, his films are stronger than Brosnan's. They are. We did do more of them. Yeah, he <laughs> did. did. Do the most. He did. So that's kind of. Like, that's not really. He's, you know, he's, he's, got really two, he's got two or three really great ones. Brosnan doesn't. It's kind of just declined, but uh, everyone's different. I'm sure there must be one person or two people out there who like really rate Dying the Day or. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I'm convinced of it. I'm convinced. They probably are, though. Somewhere. They must be. I'm sure. It must be. Take James on radio, for example. Oh, sure I know. I know people who really rate Die Another Day. Uh, I've seen it at the top of a couple of rankings lists. Mm, definitely. You like what you like, and if you love this, great. But all well, I'm exactly saying is, of it. all the men who've played this role, he's actually coming off as the thinnest at the moment, not just physically, I mean <laughs> he's brought nothing to the role there's, there's nothing new in his take whatsoever, and because the films aren't very good it's well, he, all, it's he, all he is, faded so he's let down by his films he really is I just think like, you know what if they what if they had taken someone like John Borman to do this, because I've seen Brosnan do it in other films, it's not like he can't act No, and I can, I can, especially, especially the films like where, like another man where he's played like an, an aging spy or um, an assassin or somebody coming out of... Yeah, he's, he's, uh, pretty good. he's actually hit. pretty good at World Weary, which obviously we weren't to know when he was. Now he's getting older, and obviously the TV series that he'd done, like The Sun, for example, 
yeah. um, other westerns, like in other genres that he's explored. Um, and obviously he's taken more of a backseat. It'd be quite interesting if maybe he'd, um, his own company had had hand in, you know, the making of these films. Um, it'd be very interesting to see, like, a, you know, Irish Dreamtime take on, on a Bond film, how he would handle himself that way, both behind and in front of the screen, um, the camera. Has Anthony shown, like, almost, like, regret of, like, not being really, being played the role that how he wanted it to be played? That's the thing. Yeah, so many... he, he was kind of really prevented from doing that, I think. It does undermine defending Brosnan somewhat, where he's, when he openly says himself, I kind of fucked it up. He pretty much has. And they were into. I read it in the original. But I think it was Die Another Day when I read read that. His mm. quotes about himself. He can't watch himself. He he just said there was no substance to it. There was no. You know. He just said. You know. He just said part of it might have been my own insecurities in the role. He knows. He knows. He's stuffed. Well, he knows up. by that time he was on the way out, wasn't he? But then I mean, a lot of actors don't watch themselves. Whatever they role they like. Johnny Depp doesn't watch himself. I know it's a bad example, but. You know, it's a common thing. No, but he's not saying he can never watch himself. He's saying he can't watch himself as Bond because he didn't No, that particular Bond. film, definitely. But obviously he's saying, by no, he's time... saying he can't do it. He's not talking about Die Another Day. He's no, as, as in the genre, in, in, you know, in general. He's saying he wasn't very good in it. Now, people are welcome to disagree, but the man himself think, he thinks he wasn't. No, it depends on, you know, which interview you read and that time, you know, when it was said and things like that. But it's all taken within the sense. Yeah, to be fair, in context, to, be, to be fair, Dave, that can be manipulated by public opinion. Yeah, it definitely. Be. I'm not saying yeah. it definitely is, but I'm just you know. Um, but I, I don't know. I think also part of that is down to creative control a little, like most of the time. Yeah. Oh Jesus. Because you know he was pretty decent in the first thirty minutes of Wars Not Enough, as we. Yeah, I actually really like him in that. I mean, I'm coming off way more negative tonight than I really mean. And I think it's because I don't actually think he's very good in Goldeneye. I just think I left the cinema. I couldn't remember what he looked and sounded like because I've not seen him in much else. And just, I thought, well, that just, guy's. Re- I, I thought that guy's really made an impression on me. Then fucking James just, Bond. And half an hour later, I can't fucking just remember. Just a Bond-shaped what figure. Yeah, that yeah, was just, the problem. Just I, just, I, I think I described him in one of the original reviews as diminished in the suit. By next week. <laughs> By next week, he's a bit more relaxed. And by the world is not enough. He's not bad at all. So I am being overly harsh. I think it's in the world to like grow in the world, but, isn't it? I mean, as with but I still stand by the fact that he didn't bring anything original to the role at all. He didn't have a take. I think he was more interested in getting Bond without actually knowing what he wanted to do with it's it. It's more action heavy. And I think had we not maybe had Brosnan, or obviously Dalton for sure, but had we not had Brosnan, then perhaps we may not have had Daniel Craig. They might have got like a more softly, softly approach. But obviously, because you know the nineties, lots of well, late eighties, early nineties, um, was a wealth of action films coming out. We thought, okay, this is this is the road, this is the road it's going to take. The biggest thing um, I think that got Daniel Craig the role was layer cake. Oh, for sure, definitely. I, I think I think Barbara saw that and saw there's my younger agent. Mm, definitely. So I think Very he made that anyway. Um, Brosnan was all right for what these films needed to be, and he actually like brought the series back and like very safety first. And he is a safety first Bond because he kind of resembles one you know, and there's nothing about his portrayal that's distinctive enough to be particularly offensive. So it's like he, he's he's kind of all right, but very cool. He's very like smart. I say, Daniel Craig has utterly fucking ruined these films. He's more of a Daniel, more of a ladies Daniel man. Craig, <laughs> more of a ladies man. Whereas Daniel Craig, he's never being more of like yeah, a Yeah, but, but then he also made, makes films like Spectre, and you just think that's a, what a fucking waste. Mm. 
that was just a complete waste of everyone's talent. Yeah. But um. But anyway, yeah, being being paid twenty five million for it, 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 the next it, Bond film, bloody hell! It is a really inventive uh, gadget with a, a belt that's a grappling hook. Yeah, grappling hook. That that a ten year old would have come up grappling with. Grappling hook activate. What if he can swing on his belt and I then mean, a fat and then a and then a bigger man falls out I the mean, window? I mean, I've not, I've not been funny. This is the kind of shit I'd like picture in my head if I would like. Would I make my own bomb films when I was like twelve? I'll be like, yeah. you know, it's the same kind of thing. I love this tank chase; you can totally pull it off. I can't see Roger doing it. I can maybe see Sean doing it. I can see Tim well, doing it. Well, it's too much. Daniel definitely. Around. Well, they all no, do like the whole tank chase secret. They all do similar fucking stunts and bits. I, I think suppose, it's popular. But... I do. You love it. Yeah, to be fair. Yeah, we, yeah. we see this film so differently because I, I don't like the tank chase either because it takes no wit or invention. He just fucking drives through everything. To, to be fair, you, exactly. you can't see... Yeah. <laughs> I can't really imagine... Well, maybe Daniel Craig doing it now. But... Mm-hmm. It's similar to that scene. Casino, Dalton, and the continuity shit because his head is in and out. Look at the continuity, cool continuity on whether his head is in it. I, yeah, it's edited quite badly as well. I've never oh, liked it. And the pacing it. is right off, but it's, yeah. it's fun. So, uh, apart from it being uh, not very inventive, poorly edited, mm-hmm. <laughs> terrible continuity, uh, it's really great. That's the thing. you just got to go with it, haven't you? got to spend your disbelief. you just got to go with it. It's Enjoy the ride. Disbelief's not the problem. I just, and just have a good fun. Great you know, have a good set piece. Also, it's got one of the worst bits of product placement coming up in the entire series. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because so. it's just lazy. It's just like, oh, I'll just stick that there. But surely Skyfall... <laughs> Which, um, which yeah, bit? The worst product which uh, bit? The first half. But I, I, I don't know which BW bit. BW Beatles. Yeah. Okay. Heineken. That takes Heineken. a second. Yeah, exactly. yeah, but Heineken wasn't. It's Omega, well, obviously. Yeah, but hang on a minute. Oh, Heineken wasn't even poor product placement because he was holding yeah, a bottle of it. But it wasn't. That's exactly the, the point. If you're going to put a product in a film like Heineken, the way they handled it was perfect. Whereas mm. driving into I, a I van think what didn't help is you had like is stupid. I think what didn't help is you had all the Heineken ads, like yeah. yeah the film itself, he had a bottle when he was laying on the bed, and you could barely even see the label. So they no, did the label's front and center. Uh, it isn't. Watch it again. The no, it, 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 isn't, it is. It isn't when he's drinking it. You can clearly tell it's, it's Heineken, but he, the, the oh no, like when, when he's at the bar. When he's at the bar, bar yeah. yeah. But like when he's obviously on the bed, it's literally the like, bar, hmm, bar let's me drink this bottle of Heineken. Yeah, you can see they're selling it there. He's drinking Heineken on the uh, on the bed, and you can't see the label. Oh at no, all. not on the bed, no. But like, and later, uh, Q and Tanner are drinking it, and again, it's not that blatant. You can you know what you're looking for? It's there. But had I not known about that product placement deal, I don't reckon I'd even notice. Whereas driving, you cannot compare that to driving into a fucking great. Load of like. Well, I was thinking of other examples, really. Speaking so. of Craig, um, the the bit where Brosnan like look like sort of tightens his tie in, in mm. this is pretty much the same thing. Like everyone just themselves with uh, Craig in this guy about the cuffs. Yeah. Everyone's like, yeah. oh, it's yeah, great it's how, how he does that. Look like, how Bondian it is. I thought, I thought well, <laughs> well, typical sort of thing, isn't it? He just causes like films. massive stuff, causing a lot of a lot of chaos, a lot of destruction, and then oh, I'll just shoot my cuffs or straighten my tie. Yeah. Or yeah, smoke this cigarette. Yeah, or, you know. It's just how people how people react at the time. Just out of that little thing, and I thought, oh my god, it's just a wonderful thing. Just because, you know, 
It's like a little moment. Yeah, just because the previous two films, Craig hadn't done it. Well, you know, Bosnan did it at least twice. Probably, probably did it. There's a bit of box checking going on as well. Oh, look how busy it is now. (laughs) It looks a bit busier than it did earlier. Uh, I think one of the main problems in this film, I think, if if I was structurally is Bond has had zero time with the lead lead woman and is supposed yeah. to have this like almost like she it's almost just like right at this point she should really like sort of understand him to a degree because she's always like sort of oh here he comes yeah. and, and those cans are and, they, and they've empty. literally just like had an argument in a prison cell and that's pretty much yeah. their, 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 their interactions like <laughs> Yeah, but then later on I... when they get to the beach, she's got him sewn up like that. I yeah. guess. Uh, I guess. I, th- no, I, I, no, I, I think this is my problem with this scene. Yeah, exactly. If you remember, I really hated the sort of the fencing scene in Die Another Day because I just thought, in universe, a skilled agent putting the public in that much danger was fucking mental. Mm-hmm. This is too. This is my problem here. This is just fucking mental. I don't That's like why it's it. So great. You know, it's why it's so shit. <laughs> I think it's brilliant, but again, yeah, it is dangerous. You know, you are going to kill people. It's yeah, but he, he doesn't just wantonly fucking kill the general public. This is mental. <laughs> it's got to have it's some. Like, it's inter- like Casino Royale, well, isn't it? Yeah, but it's got to have some internal fucking logic and consistency, and they've just shat on it there. That's good fun. I'm yeah, the it, train scene as well. It, it's, it's it's movie logic, isn't it? It's like it's fine. Yeah, there's movie logic and then there's real world, lo- real world logic, and the it's team rarely come together. He shouldn't be putting the general public in danger like that. He just shouldn't. He d- basically, most of the films he does. At least Roger Moore went, Move! Move! Yeah, literally. He'd be like, Ooh. <laughs> and he just not, casually not creeps over time. He was just barreling over everything. That was fucking madness. I hate you it. could argue that. Um, yeah, well, Brosnan has obviously the highest. I think he has the highest body count of all his yeah, films, doesn't it? And actually, I thought that was Tomorrow um, Never Dies, but I actually. You could argue, you could argue that Craig is also more reckless. You could, you'd be Wood, wrong. Which tells you to move. Oh. I like this set. I quite like that set. It's nice. It's more like the, the gentlemanly one. This is uh, Neen Railway. Can't even speak now. Neen Valley Railway again. Did they still think he was a gentleman when he gave everyone crabs? No. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, no, you're not a gentleman. Yeah, this scene I find a bit annoying from John Bean, but otherwise... I would. He's like, silky villain. But he's just petulant, he's like, you know, like... I just hate... tastes like strawberries, I would, no, I would. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Fuck. You, just think, oh, he's really slimy, he's really sleazy, you know. But I don't think he's meant to be. He was still playing that characterisation when he was a fucking agent, though. It's just, it's just crap. Oh, and, and I haven't established why Oromoff's like dead scared of him. Yeah, that's one thing I do have struggled with a little bit. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, Davey's right to a degree. Once you dissect this film, it just just falls apart. Falls apart instantly. It's not. Generally, when you dislike any film, it tends to fall apart. But... No, like any any of the Bond films, really, because some of them don't hold up better, there, there but some better always, than others. There are always gaps and logic and problems. Oh, exactly. Where have you turned? Then, yeah, but we've already gone through it. We got to the Q scene in the wrong place. We got to the M scene in the, <laughs> in wrong, the wrong place. place. 
it's uh, it's it's just really annoying to see so much praise for a film that's just a pretty shell with a pile of shit in the side of it. I mean, like then, like Spy Love Me, for example, yeah. it was I, I mean, loved whole... by a generation, and that's just like a film with two halves, very much falls apart. I don't like the Spy Love. Half. So, what exactly? There we are. Yeah, it's loved by a generation. Yeah, um, that's great. I get it, but that's a better. Same thing. goes for Goldfinger as well. It's loved by a generation. Um, and Gold Bond does anything gets captured Gold, and spends yeah, half Goldfing, the film. Goldfinger's yeah. a better film than this. It's just one of those films that you know it's a different time, and when you look into it, it actually does. Bond has fuckle agency. Um, but it's a better film than this. And it's just you know they're very much product of its time as well. There's a, you know, there's a fantasy element as well that you kind of need, really do need to place at the forefront. I agree. structuring a film badly, making none of it make sense and going, well, it's just Bond and it's fantasy, is like, well, no, just write a proper fucking script. The thing is, there, there could be two truths. This can be... This could be like a, a, a firm fan favourite and everyone enjoys it. And I see. I'm not saying it's perfect. No, no, no. But again, but it still can be... It can still fall apart, like the moment you you you, you start picking at it, like it, exactly it could, it, like Spectre, like Cena Royale, yeah, like, yeah, you know. yeah. Oh no, not Cena Royale. Cena Royale's perfect, but no, the um sixty-seven. Oh okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that just falls apart generally. Wow, that's just a <laughs> oh yeah, mess. yeah. No, Cena Royale's a very good. It had the cohesive. Uh, it it had the cohesive vision of five different people that didn't know each other. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> when when I when I think cheap. of Bond, I think of Woody Allen. <laughs> that's just um yeah. Don't want to run amok? Oh, is that just young girls? And Peter Sellers. Yes. <laughs> oh, excuse me. It's kind of an ill-fitting suit, really, for Sean Bean. Yeah, he doesn't look very stylish. Let's just look at the expressions he's pulling there. I just think he's all wrong for this. The character idea is pretty good. I think Sean Bean is the problem, not the character. Well, they originally wanted uh, Andy Hopkins, didn't they? They did. That would have taken a slight rewrite in some respect. It would have been tasty. I would, yeah, almost anything rather than Sean Bean. I think he's, I think he physically kind of looks right, but he's really bad in it. I think, yeah, as you said earlier, it's the whole accent thing, isn't it? So. I think it's the accent, it's the facial expressions as well. Mm. But yeah, but I, if it was, say, uh, Andy Hopkins would have been a lot older cap, that would have worked so much better. Like it would have been more, of a, it would have been more of a mentor figure who. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, would have matched age, you know, the timeline of where we are now to at the time. You know, it it, it just seems like a bit of a like it doesn't make sense. But I think we established that. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna go around in circles. So. Oh, well, let's just enjoy old Scarface here. Two targets, not a time for one shot. Go all the mission. Yeah. Well, she generally does, you only just fucking met her. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think that's probably a large problem with the film. There's no emotional... It's personal now! There's, 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 you know, and, yeah, and you just kill basically what we led to believe as the main characters. If like it was just a random henchman. Yeah. I don't have the talent to write something like Goldeneye, but I, I'm damn sure I could rewrite it if you, you know what I mean. Could, Dave. I think you probably could like 
you guys between I you. I, th- I don't you could probably work on this bit. I think I could. I think I could fix this film. How would you? But fix I, it? I don't. It, well, dare I ask? In general, I don't think people need it fit. I'm, I've said some of it on the review, but I think the the, the whole Uramov thing is the wrong way round. And I would have had Uramov as more of a sort of air monologue almost, and Alec as a sort of it would have almost been a shadow version of MI6 what? in this way. I'm You're breaking up there, Dave. Sorry. Sorry about that. I don't know why I'm saying sorry. It's not my fault. It's breaking up. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't have the talent to write something like this. So I, I think I you do. I think you probably that. would. You know, not from not from not from scratch. I couldn't. But no, I think you guys you know, you've got knowledge know, and talent to do it. As we go through it, I know what I think is wrong with this film. If you know what I mean. Um, obviously, you guys write a bomb film. I think you would come up with a pretty damn fine bomb film. In public consciousness, I think it doesn't need fixing. It's generally quite beloved. This film, so I, I mean, like, yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm guilty of it as well, kind of viewing it through rose and spectacles. Yeah, but you can only say what you see, and as I'm watching it, I'm just going, "Wow, that's not very really good," and that doesn't make sense. And mm, crap, I used to like this. Maybe we should write a Bond script, Dave. I think you should definitely. I know the JBL. I've been talking about it as a rumblings. Oh, but then you've got all the generations. Oh, Christ, can you imagine that? He, imagine we that we put a script out, and Eon would be fucking out. You must be really tired. Take five <laughs> years off. I, uh, without sounding, yeah, I reckon you guys without, could do it. Without sounding disrespectful to uh, the, the James Bond radio guys, I imagine if they wrote a script, it would be shit. And I and I, I say that with full respect, because <laughs> yeah, it sounded respectful. Well. It's not. The, the problem is you can't. They're too close to it. They're too in love with the series. Yeah, they'll, be, the they'll, they'll, they'll just be like fanning. I could be wrong. They'll, they'll just be like you know, for lack of a better word, fangirl in it. They'll just be. They'll just be like, oh my god, like that. That that'd be amazing, and then that'd be great, and then what you have would just be. I think if they, if they, they were to do it, they would just. It would just literally need it would to be just torn be and by the numbers, than... really boring film with no substance. I don't know why Chris suddenly decided to like slack off James Bond Radio. No, but I like, you know, I'm not slagging their podcast off. Well, at least not now. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not not on air. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, but just in this, as you said, Dave, they're too close. They'll be too like at least we, me and you, Dave, and I'm not saying we we make a brilliant Bond film. But, <laughs> I don't think you would. No, you know, no but at, at least we'd have like, like some awareness. Like, no, that's shit, or no, that's not interesting. They'll be, you know, they'll be like, no, or we'll, or as you say, you'd be willing to try something different. Mm, definitely. So there would. Be, that's why like, I think you would have the edge. We would, yeah. So if and Bob, let's so, see what so, they can so, use the second time. So, so hypothetically, um, if. Guys from JBR, if they wrote a script, and me, Dave, we wrote we wrote a script. I reckon our script would be neither better. Would be, no, but yeah, neither would be. Yeah, our script would be better, it. but neither would actually get <laughs> anywhere. Don't get made. No. <laughs> In reality, yeah. Very much fun films. Yeah, that'd be good fun. Though. Another producer, and they say, "We'll like it, but can you put a load of quickly looks on the internet to find out what's popular <laughs> at the moment in it?" <laughs> Yeah, put a load of whatever the um, what's it called? I I do like think that, I just think that speaks to just a lack of general creativity. I just I do think... like I do like their scene recreations do, though. Do you, do you 
quick question. Do you really think there should be some element of moving with the times in, 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 in the sense of let's talk about what's happening now? In the, in the I've, I've got mixed or feelings you... on it. I, I think the problem is it's, it causes paralysis because they get to a point where they need to write a Bond script and they're like, what's going on in the world now? And and it, I just think it slows down the sort of production line of it. And, and when you look back, take on a Majesty's Secret Service, service there are references to foot and mouth in that because there was a foot and mouth outbreak the year before that film. Um, but there's nothing about that film that I love because it speaks to the late 60s mm. particularly. And I think that's true of most Bond films, that you'll pick up a reference from the time, like Skyfall with the missing disc and everything. But it ends up in the whole run of things to be a bit inconsequential. Yeah, and you so end up feeling... And, and like um, Gone Gun, gun up, like with the energy crisis that was going on in the, up, in the yeah, mid-70s. Precisely. That, that's aged really badly. And you just... I just think... I don't know what it gives us because you end up feeling like you're being fucking lectured anyway. Like Skyfall was a, I, I quite like Skyfall, but you know, Mallory lecturing him on accountability and all that kind of shit. It's you know, I don't being know. Being transparent, really. Yeah. Yeah, being told like this mass hacker who basically does next to no hack, no hackery. Yeah, no hacking. All. all he does is check the records of the guy gone who's gone to investigate. He's him. got hackers to do it for him. I, I don't know. I, I don't I don't have a strong opinion on it. My uh, only but logically when I look back historically it it's never been the contemporary parts of each film that make them good or bad. But I think also I think you have I'm to just, move with technology, I, haven't you? I'm getting I'm just getting sick of the fucking gaps and anything that is going to stop them going into fucking paroxysms of self-doubt and self-analysis for fucking three years or four years every time would be rather welcome. So if you just stored up scripts with no fucking reference to the real world or no reference to contemporary events anyway, and then just gave those scripts a polish to like, you know, update them or whatever when you're ready to use them, then I'd kind of be happy with that. I'm just getting so sick of this now because it's putting pressure on each Bond film as well because the next one's either got to be amazing or it's going to be a massive letdown after su- such a There's wait. There's always so much pressure to be biggest, bigger and better than the last one. Which they've got to quit because Casino Royale was a small. Focusing again film. on the film, that was a very beautiful shot just there. It was. Like, what, near uh, the what, beach. What, when you saw a movie? No. Is <laughs> Lovely though she is, and the handsome though Bros is. No, the scene along the beach is shot so beautifully. Yeah. Cinematography in this film is gorgeous. The film I was talking about, it was from Dust Till Dawn, wasn't it? Where I said things to do in Denver where you're dead. When I went with that friend, he went, oh, when he saw one. Well, he was sat next to me when we saw this film as well, and he didn't make quite the same noise, but he just went, (laughs) when he saw that sort of like, sort of minging shot thing. It's finished now. You down in one? Well, no. yeah. He's, 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 he's worked it off with his half a press up. You're all right. <laughs> <laughs> See, Chris, you only said you did half a press up. He did not say that. I did. He didn't literally. No, I, I can imagine, like, for example, he'd got to, like, I don't know. 300 or something and he was like he literally went to do like 301 and was like oh so it could have been you know a, a really high rep 
Yeah. Because he, he only did like one or half of one. Uh, yeah, had like a <laughs> had like a load of weights just tied on my back as well, just to give it that extra. <laughs> Rocky style training montage. <laughs> Done, mate. I'm finished. <laughs> I like Homer Simpson. We are like fighting Mo. Her, like, her hair is a bit, her hair is a bit tousled, and his is perfect. I'm telling you, he does not exert himself in the bedroom. He just puts the tip in and they go wild. He's got perfect hair. Yeah. Do you, do you think he, like, she goes on top? That's how, that's how Boston does it. That's what it is. Yeah. I think after being smushed it's by like, Zena. No, no one messes with the do. Mm. Oh, now he'd be pissed because he's ruined, ruined the, the quaff. Yeah. That's why he stops dating her at the end of the film. <laughs> but for for appearance sake, you'll see it through to the end of the mission. But after that, he's like, you fucked my hair up in Cuba. <laughs> you dumped. And then obviously he fucks Terry Hatcher. She doesn't touch his hair at all, clearly, because it's perfect in bed in the morning. Mm. You can see why she was more his speed. Plus it's more of a beef one in Tomorrow Never Dies. So. It's quite sweaty. Do you still get bouffons now? It looks a lot bigger. What I'm, I'm sure they. I'm sure they're commercially available, Chris. If you want to get one. <laughs> if and you wish I'll... to buy a bouffon. <laughs> I'm imagining Chris turning up at a late night barber's at half eleven. Have a whiskey. Basically, I want, I want this, I'm but bigger. I want a fucking bouffon. <laughs> Oh, and, beef on burn. he takes in a picture of Timothy Dalton. <laughs> I, I want that. Chris Beef on Ben. Uh, this is this is Timothy Dalton. <laughs> uh, I want hair like that. This is him just before he drank a wanked off, not fingered. <laughs> I think I think Chris might be kicked out of the barbers <laughs> at that point. <laughs> I can't do this. I'll do it. Unless they're listeners, of course. I like how also Becca made uh, my local barber's Russian. <laughs> I, c- I cannot do this. What is this? What is that bouffant? I, I don't know. No, no, they sound French. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. They're, they're just Euro trash. I was about to say they work for Spectre, but if they're French, they work for Le Spectre. Le Spectre. <laughs> if they're French, they should do what a bouffant is. She should be dead looking at that shot. Yeah, yeah. I can imagine him writing it down, handing it just to like, going, just a bit of glass embedded in the forehead. French barber looking at it going, Buffon, oh shit, it's in English. Je ne sais pas. Qu'est-ce que c'est que ça? Oh, is she, if only she was dead, he's thinking. Oh, my God. He's just come because she, she that's looks what, so... That's what Buddhism brings to the role. That's why he needs to get <laughs> He's knackered himself coming because oh. he thought she looked so much like a corpse. Poor bros. I've just thought that probably won't play too well out of context if I put it in the trailer. Don't add that, please. No, probably not. I say Biting, that's what he brings to the role as well. He's a bit bitey. He's a bit fighty. Look at this. It's such a it's such an obvious set. Obviously not that shot like this. 
he just stood there and watched, didn't he? Doing the splits. Stay here, I'm going to get kicked in the face. I read it. I'm sure I'm going to get kicked in the face, you know. Oh, shit. Yeah, I'm being kicked in the face. Yeah, it was a bit poorly edited, that scene. She, um, she's really only got one trick. It's like it's she, you don't have to kill him that it, way, you know. It, it's almost as if she's, like, a gimmick. Look at that pain face! That's the whole point. Yeah. She just really gets off on it. Yeah. Well, that's kind of... That's kind of the, the thing, though. The tradition know. of female bo- female bomb Well, guns, she, yeah. she does get sexual arousal by murdering sure. people. That scene was edited out in cinema releases. Yeah. I can't remember. Did, thing did is, we though, see, I think we saw it on the... Yeah, with, with the bomb marathon that we did last year. Beginning of last year. Um, the bomb marathon we did three years to two years ago. <laughs> no, sorry, no the, the one that I did, sorry. All um, right. Oh, you mean the six films? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, not, not, not the great big one that you managed to do. Well done. But yeah, I think we barely survived six films, so. Yeah. I think when. God, when was it? Was it 2012 when they did all the. Um, oh, it was when, yeah, when um, Sky Movies got the contract to show them all. Right. Um, I think, oh, was it the Alien? I think it might have been the Alien. Um, Let's Square literally screened. All of them, back to back, and I admire anybody who did that. Because we really I mean, struggled that's, to get through that's six. That's not going to be good for you. Oh, I'm, just, of... I'm just casually oh. looking at the staff, and there's like literally just people who like who could be someone's aunt or something. They're just like, how are these people hired for, like to work for like an evil megalomaniac? Her attempts. Her attempts, yeah, attempting, attempting agency. So. Because so, to be so fair, the films, the films only then? two hours long. So the film's only two <laughs> hours long, so it's quite a short contract. Yeah, they didn't get paid. They probably only turn up around the hour mark. So forty minutes work. You're going to struggle to staff that. And in between that, they're just arbitrarily turning knobs. Or like henchmen ink. No, just like most of them, just. Just look like not the, the usual people you 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 find working for someone who. They should all have scars. Down, they should all have greasy hair and scars down their faces. Exactly. <laughs> and be going whoa. At all One time. million dollars. Look at that. That's a miniature. That's well, quite obviously a miniature. Evidently, you couldn't build the whole thing, but it does look like a miniature. The water going down there. Derek Medin's last film. It was, yeah. We are not knocking the work of Derek Medin's. His work's terrific. Oh. It's just this budgetary issues there, and they're, they're using miniatures for a few things where perhaps you wouldn't normally. Um, and they, yeah, they just don't have the money. Yeah, it's quite poor there, but never mind. This is clearly shot in reverse. See, I, d- I don't mind miniature even if i can tell it's a miniature i can the frame go. rate is not the frame rate on things like water are normally the clue because they've got to slow it down mm-hmm. so they, really run the, they run the camera faster basically That's i do how... like you know the use of actual miniatures or bigatures compared to cgi i'm just a big fan of in camera effects generally no i understand that but, but then I, I love cgi as well we're now at the point where CG looks better, but we're only really mm. just at the point where CG. Yeah, coming looks into better. it here. So, um, but I mean, miniatures are great. It's just um, 
I mean, they used an awful lot of like what they call bigotries in like the Lord of the Rings films, and they look really terrific. So I don't have a problem with them. But all I'm saying is that relative to the rest of the Brosnan era, you can yeah. tell the budget's lower here. That's all. The rest of the Bo- Brosnan era, they they threw money at it. It doesn't. Don't have a day. I, oh my god! I, I figured out what would make this film better. Full frontal nudity, in my opinion. No, <laughs> no well, no, just uh, well, that as well, maybe. But yeah. uh, recap Roger Moore. It, it wouldn't make it worse, would it? Roger Moore, yes, it would. <laughs> Roger Moore at the time, just like what six, six, <laughs> Roger... six, 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 Timothy Dalton. Oh, well, Tim makes that even better, really. Lord Tim. I can see why. I can see why they recast. I was on a Politflix the other night talking about that very thing because we were talking about mm, this. That's story. very interesting. We were. T- have you heard it? Have you? They were talking about the. Um, they were talking about. Um, we were talking about uh, the rumor or the or Timothy saying that he was offered a film after he was offered the chance to come back after the break, and we talked about that and how plausible we thought that was, and and you know, all that kind of thing. Um, and I was saying in the midst of all that that I, I may love him in the role, but the public really didn't. And when you look at what License to Kill took and what this took only six years apart, long time in Bond history sense, but not that long in the whole scheme of things. Um, you can see why they recast. You really can. So this this film wouldn't have taken as much money with Tim, Tim Dalton. Yeah, it was weird. Because I'm, no. I'm trying, because at the time when this came out, it felt like they stopped making Bond films. Like, that that was going to be it. So Yeah, it did. By it, the time it really Gold- did. By the time Goldeneye came out, it almost felt like a reboot, like a rebranding. Yeah. So it felt like it it just would have been a bit weird. It would have been like, a bit, well, not maybe not weird. It would have been like, oh, well, we'll, we'll carry on then. Mm. But... I, yeah. I also made the point that Dalton was unfortunate as well in that his films were done by John Glenn. And I don't mean that as an insult to John Glenn. I mean that it ties him in visual style and everything to the Roger Moore era. Mm. So when you're bringing in new director, new cinematographer, Daniel Kleinman, we cannot underestimate that as well, how, how different it all was going to look when it came back. Um, you can see that you might go the whole hog and change the leading man as well. Timothy Dalton's part of the old world, you know. But the other thing was he, he only wanted... I, I tend to think, like I said, I think all versions of the story are true. I think it is true the studio didn't want him, but I think it's definitely clear Cubby did. Uh, but Cubby understood he couldn't sell him on the basis of one, and that's what Tim wanted to do. He wanted to come back and do one film. Rather than doing like five. Yeah, yeah well, I think. See, I think five might have been pushing it, but like, it wouldn't have been unfeasible to do three if they were all two years that's apart. That's just it. You can't like sort of take that long and sort of on want to sort of carry on the franchise band and then like ah and then change again. Yeah. We're going to refresh it and build. Yeah, you've got to build a strategy, and you've got to you, build. You might it. as well just like start from scratch, from go. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. So, in some respects, as much as it pains me to say it, the recast makes sense. Timothy Dalton, depending on what year you believe he was born, because they keep going back and forth on whether it was forty-four or forty-six. If we were generous and say it was forty-six, he would have been forty-nine when this came out. So, if it, had he said, "I'll do three and. Cubby wanted four or five. He just seemed to be fucking blind on aging. 
because he would have been 49, 51 and 53 on those three films if he had he done them. And I think you can probably just to get away with that, particularly Tim- Timothy Dalton. He's not a pretty boy anyway. Um, but yeah, Cubby wanted him to sign up for four or five, which puts him into like Roger Moore territory again. He just saw like cash signs, didn't he? I think he, it's. He, he didn't look I that th- bad, though, did he? Really? Like, he no, he aged very well. He, he aged better than Brosnan aged because Brosnan's got more delicate, sort of prettified features. He was quite rugged, um, Dalton. But even so, they should have learnt from the first time that you don't cast Bond at fifty-seven, fifty-eight years of age. It, it's getting too late. But yeah, maybe he could have done two or three. I don't know. But Tim didn't want to. He wanted to come back and do one, which, which is kind of naive in its way. It, to, be, to be fair, it might have been his polite out. out. Well, he, he does a whole interview on it. I can't remember who was interviewing him, but he said that he said that he was going to obviously do a third originally before the gap. And then there was a gap and he stopped wanting to. Mm. And he said, as it came sort of back to sort of early 94 and the sort of machinery was all cranking up again, he sort of had a rethink and went, no, actually, I would like to do one. Take the sort of best bits of what I did in the first two and, and really sort of do my definitive statement. And he went to Cubby Broccoli with it. And Cubby said, well, no, we got to position you for four or five. Cubby, Cubby rang him and asked and he said no. And then he contacted Cubby and said, I've had a change of heart. Uh, but he only wanted to do one. And Cubby knew you couldn't go to a hostile studio and sell one. Thing is, I love Timothy Dalton as James Bond. He's one of my favourites. But were I running a studio after Licence to Kill and had that six-year gap, I'd recast as well. And I never would have cast Alan Cumming. Not in this. He belongs in a a different film. I don't know what film he belongs in, but he doesn't belong in this one. Excellent. This isn't goofy enough. This isn't quite goofy enough for a Boris they'll, character. They'll probably try. It is, it is a bit weird, isn't it? Because you got you got kind of like a, it's like the scientist in like Thunderbolt or um, dare I say it, Dino the Day. Just you know, sort of kooky scientist, yeah, um, psychic really. Um, it's it's not. It doesn't really ruin the film. I'm I'm, I'm no, not. I, think I, I don't. And he was kind of known for more of his comedy roles. Yeah. Uh, but I think you know Boris is, you know, classic henchman type character. Um, you know, I'm invincible. So there's a weird. He's just got a odd quality about him because he is this kind of really weird, kind of kooky, geeky guy. He's but, like kind of like your your nineties, typical like nineties, really, wired sort of hacker, really. There's a really insecure, weak sensibility about him, but with a nasty edge. Mm. Which, when I think about it, I kind of like that in a character, but. Well, as, as a villain, anyway. Um, a side villain. I could sort of see what they're going for. But but I think this is like them trying to figure out like the new take or the, the new angles to go for. Yeah, absolutely. This film was like super successful, so, you know, it worked. Yeah, I think it's put mainly like an appetite. Oh, Bond's back, great. They did some very wise things, though. I mean, I think I think I'm right in saying Morris Binder had died, but they didn't bring it back with that fucking sun bingo late Morris fucking Binder era style. Because his later ones, they were getting worse. I mean, License to Kill isn't too bad. 
But like the Living Daylights and the View to a Killer both have horrible title sequences. Octopussies ain't good either. Um, and I just thought like you, if they brought it back with that, and uh, maybe done, yeah, I, I think it had to look a little different when it came back. Almost like it's grown up to to an extent. Yes. Give me the call, Natalia. Do you think Brosnan was managing to keep count there, or did you, did you think it was just I'm not going to get another chance? I'll just gamble on it. Um. Because I would have loved it if they all dived to the floor and fuck all happened, and it's like, oh, <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> Possibly. Isabella maybe Stor- maybe a calculated guess, like a calculated like. All oh, right, there's I a think. good chance. Mm. Yes, but if I'm wrong, fuck it. Because what else I'm gonna do? And just just people falling around. How's that guy not heard any of all that shit's going on downstairs? Yeah, it's definitely. Oh, awesome. She's a gun expert. I've always found something inherently almost a bit sexist when they do that. Like, look what the little lady can do. <laughs> but it's just like, okay, but what, at what point in the film have we established that she's used a gun? Never. It was like, just a I'm... moment of she can take care of herself. I mean, it made when it pissed me off when Leia Seydoux did it, but at least it actually narratively made sense. Her father being a fucking assassin, and there probably being weapons in the home, and paranoia about who might be after him, so he teaches all the family to at least defend themselves. I, I for all the problems with Spectre, that made some sense, mm. but it didn't there. These space effects are starting to date now, but I have to admit they look pretty decent at the time. Goldeneye in space looked all right at the time. Yeah, I mean, I think even when it when it's aged, there's almost like a there's a charm to it. Yeah, you know, like yeah. you think you, you yeah. think of like say something like uh, what's that Connery one? Uh, you know, the twice it's like there's just yeah. it, it just takes you back to like then. Yeah, think, all right. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. All too many, all together, far too many. Um... See, had it just been this film and the rest of the era had been different, then that might have been a different matter because the Lazenby film had this, but there's, there's too many machine guns in this film. So he's ju- just as I'm saying that, he's gone back to a hand pistol, but this did start off with them. Uh, I don't know why I said a hand pistol, although there's like a foot <laughs> pistol <laughs> you could get. A, a, two, a two hand pistol. I, I sh- it's got quite a nice mechanism. I can shoot him with my little toe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a hand pistol. Yes, alright. I think I was caught between handgun and pistol. <laughs> it's pretty much the same thing we're talking about, isn't it? A hand pistol. But I, I just realised that I said it with total confidence like I knew what I was talking about. <laughs> I don't fuck all about guns. But yeah, there are too many like machine guns in his films, I'd say. 
but the Shoot 'em Up Fund. But I don't want to say we must never have them because every time I think that, because I'd rather not have them. Every time I think that, I'm reminded of like Lazenby having them, and I've got no complaints with that film at all. Well, I think you've got to have some. It, it depends on what the the script calls for at that time, isn't it? When you think like, well, come on, they would have these guards who have machine guns. Then you yeah. think, right, well, naturally, Bob will take some out and then grab a machine gun himself, and there you go. But, but if you're saying they're in for the, in, they're there for the sake of it, well, the same as anything, you wouldn't throw in anything for the sake mm. of it. It's just what what calls for. Uh, it, it's another thing that doesn't date the era very well because it, it speaks to an insecurity of trying to keep up with action cinema of the nineties. Oh, I see. I think. I think that's part of it. Like, as I say, I, I really, I, I always get caught up in this with Goldeneye that I pick a load of fault. And then actually for everything I said, I quite like it. I really do. And that never comes across because in the details, I'm always picking on it. I really am. But I, you can't underestimate the success of this. You can't underestimate the importance of this film. This film had to fucking work. It just absolutely had to. And all the sort of new design. I mean, I prefer the classic office, I do. But the new M's office and stuff was quite nice. And they actually refreshed everything quite nicely. But when I look back on it, I am just a little bit like, yeah, I wish there hadn't been as much in the way of machine guns and stuff. That's not Goldeneye particularly, because that was really only a couple of sequences. But certainly through his era, he was using a lot. I think in his next film, certainly. Yeah, definitely. It's probably that film that most makes me think like that, actually. I, I think a lot of it is down to the, how flippant and casual it is with it. And it's not, and, and, and that's not yeah. like a, a dig at that kind of... It's, it's as, as those, those kind of action scenes. It's just yeah. how, like... Well, at like, the end like of... In, like, in Tomorrow Never, like in Tomorrow Never Die... Um, no, no, sorry, not The World's Not Enough. You got she got bad guys and they're like firing machine guns out out of the base and they're literally just like yeah just like a flappy kind of emotion. Well, there's so a bit yeah no it, it's something very similar to what's the end of tomorrow never dies when he's on the boat mm. and he's firing it in various different directions and then he points it up a bit and just has another couple of little sprays with it mm. and it and it reminds me of people spraying like fly spray yeah. and that sort of thing like raid. Where you just go, oh, I'll just put a little bit more there and a bit there. It, it's really strange. Yeah, I think they'll they kind of think, oh, well, John Woo, John Woo movies are pretty cool at the moment. Yeah, Let's do that is. kind of style. Uh, and But the problem is there was no proper physicality to it. It was just a bit yeah. like, well, we, we, we don't want to be too hard, so we'll just do everything a little bit soft around the edges. But mm. you, you can still have that while have you know, but I'm still for everything. I'm I, I'd be I'd have been so happy if I'd been Pierce Brosnan at sort of Christmas this year, you know, to December '95. I mean, how happy must he have been that this film came out and everyone liked it and then it did really well and no one was sure about that and it was a role he never thought he'd get back. Plus, around then, I think he was newly married as well. So, you, you, I feel pretty good for Pierce Brosnan here. I, I may not be the biggest fan of his Bond, but. I'm glad he got to play the role after everything he went through. That is... Yeah. Ugh, yeah. No, for me. 
I think we might be out of sync because I was commenting on him hitting I've the ground. Iconic scene. Oh, okay. Yeah, mm. probably a bit out of sync. Yeah, it's quite a, um, a grim death. Yeah. It is. I mean, I'm not too sure. What do you think of, like, the whole personal angle? Of, of, it's of... been overdone. I, I, I would have no problem with it, but I, I think I said in one of the reviews, we're, we're now at the point where if Bond just goes and does a standard mission, chasing some villain he doesn't know and is nothing to do with him and doesn't have shades of Bond's youth, plus he doesn't go against them and go rogue, we'd be thinking, what a fresh take on the character. You know what I mean? That's the only thing, but like with every, well, the majority of the Bond films, it's always like a personal vendetta. And it's just like, oh, really? That's been done to death. Never, it never used to be, though, did it? It's something that sort of. No, I think I think it kind of happened. It, it, maybe it's happened recently. I mean, like yeah, it's, it's very recent. Had, very recent. You had Blofeld in Majesties, but that well, a that never really came to proper fruition. And again, that was like once in a a complete. Yeah, and the decades. one time you would expect it, and they didn't do anything and, and, with and it plus anyway. It, it, plus, it built over a series of films. It wasn't like. One one film, think yeah. kind of deal. It, 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 there was a natural investment involved in that. You kind of there were uh, man with the golden gun was shaping up that way till we learned actually it wasn't Scaramanga who sent the bullet anyway. Mm. Um, I'm really struggling to think of of many personal ones before we get to. I mean, uh, uh, it's just like some of the, license like, to license to kill was personal because he killed his, hurt his mate and killed his mate's wife. Yeah, but that's kind of uh, from a passive kind of way because it wasn't like directly someone from his past. That was more of no, like a, it was that was an emotional was, thing. It was like, but it was the first time where it was like he's gone rogue and it's personal now. Yeah. Um, and then I don't think there was much of it in the Brosnan era. You could argue a bit die another day, sort of. In a strange kind of way, um, with the whole move. You burned me. And now you want my help? <laughs> Honestly, we've got to stop can, doing can that. Like, that. I cannot get any more Welsh. Can, can you imagine <laughs> dying? I don't know where to go with this. Can you imagine dying of a day, but with Dalton? <laughs> stayed on his face. <laughs> went through this thing. Yeah, it's the Craig era. This is coming. Really, it's the last three films. But it's now got to the point where it's like, right, can we have him do the mission he's given? And that's it, please. Um, Things we're not going to get it, are we? Because, you know. The thing is, I wouldn't necessarily want that every time either. Because eventually, like I say, you end up with Tomorrow Never Dies every other year. You know, in some respect, I want a Bond film every other year. And I do want more. But you've got to mix it up now and again. But like. There should be like one personal mission in an actor's run, not like every fucking one in their run. Yeah, I th- I th- it just the, my main problem is they just feel weak. Like, yeah. Like this one didn't feel properly. I mean, it was okay at the time, but this one was pr- this one was promising. I think it because it's still the best Brosnan film, effectively whatever shades of opinion they are most people believe it to be um i think and because of the nostalgia and everything else i think people rate it higher than it is but i think it's also relative to what came afterwards whereas i think in december 95 just after you'd seen it i think you'd more be thinking um this is promising better will come Mm. but obviously better never did come so now golden eyes the high watermark 
Um, I, I yeah, I think the personal angle's been overdone. There's no doubt because now people people are actually wanting because of this. People are actually wanting if you put boil it down a really uninventive Bond film because they've overdone all these ticks. People want him to go and see well, they, M. They fucked up as well. I mean, like things that we wouldn't mind, like another rerun of Majesties when it's done correct. But well, yeah, that's true. But the thing is, but everyone's like, like why can't he just? Because everyone's sick of of that MI6 team as well being in it so much. So like everyone, not everyone, because nothing is ever everyone. But I've seen a lot of weight of opinion now where you have like. Can't he just go and see M and M's just in that one scene for like a minute and a half? Can't yeah. he go and see Q and pick up some gadgets and that's it? We only see Money Penny for a bit of byplay before he goes in to see M. Uh, we don't want it to be personal, and we don't want him to have some fucking time bound history with the villain. What they're actually saying there is, can you give me a really indistinctive Bond film, please? But in some respects, the Bond producers have brought this on themselves. By overdoing it. Yeah. I mean, they had Casino L did the personal thing really well. Great. Uh, they they kind of semi-carried it on with Quantum. But, alright, you know, that's... I don't have a problem with that so much, because that's just kind of like the hangover from it. Um, and with the other two, they, it just they just felt so flimsy. Like, in terms of, like, it just felt like... Yeah, it's just, you know, it's Bonds, you love it, don't you? There you are. Now it's just like, if you're going to do a personal personal thing, do it properly. Don't just, don't just sort of like throw in like a very sort of weak, flimsy sort of excuse for... I think they just do it because they equate... I think they just equate it with stakes. Mm. We've, We've got to make this matter to Bond. I think that's what it is. Because the the character work in films, in by and large, has improved certainly in more action based cinema in the last few decades. So you can't just have, in their mind, I think you can't just have him go and do it because it's his fucking job. Mm. Um, whereas I would welcome him go and do it because it's his job, so that every fifth film, when it is personal, that fucking matters because is, it isn't normally personal. The thing is, though, Dave. It, it can be a personal story, but you could introduce, like, say, the female character, i.e. love interest, whatever, and be personal to them, and Bond's, like, the thing that comes in that thing, comes into yeah. that story, yeah. and becomes, like, the solution, or, or like, essentially, the the audience, the view of the audience. Uh, you know, and that'll be fine, because it'll be like, right, well, that's not specific to Bond. That's that's their own character, and then that character will be memorable associated with bo- that film, and then we'd be happy I, I with I think that. the bottom line is there's, there's nowhere near enough inventiveness there, and it it just speaks again to... Uh, it's not to take another free kick at Eon, even if Eon were doing a really good job, which I'm not saying they are, but there comes a point where you need fresh voices. You know, Kevin Feige's doing a really great job in, at Marvel, but I'm not sure he should be where he is in 15 years' time or 20 years' time because there'll come a point where it's like, okay, well, Kevin Feige's given everything he possibly has to this series now. Time for, like, a fresh voice. And I think that's just where we are with Eon now. So they keep rinsing and repeating on this personal angle. What do you think, Becca? No, I sort of agree, really. I think they kind of need to drop it now. Um, I would kind of, I'd be very surprised 
if I did see Kevin Feige in the same role that he is now within the Marvel. I mean, it's just an example of it out of the air, but everything's got its time. Is all I'm saying. Well, exactly. I, I would, I, you know, I would kind of expect them maybe sort of five, ten years to kind of to move on and allow somebody else to to take the place. Definitely. Um, just, there it, just comes a point where you've said everything you can say. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I've, I've, I've saying this about like, the person. Like every single film now has to be about. That, I mean, that's what kind of really. I love Skyfall. It's one of the better Bond films, but at the same time, it kind of annoyed me because it's all got to be about him. Um, which is fine, but I I would love as a Bond fan, I would love to see just an old fashioned, you know, there's a, a mission, like a make a villain, but just like a, a villain who wants you know to cause havoc, and Bond just goes after yeah. him. A there's mission. no personal connection there at all. Yeah, just a mission, exactly. Any old exactly. mission. Yeah. If he can, he well, can, Bond, there's a villain causing havoc around the world. But I think they think that's can, not worthy enough. You can strike up. You can strike like emotional. Like Bond might find things to that that relate to the mission that he might find personal like you know exactly some, exactly like some moments might think might remind me of vesper for example etc et that's what yeah that's basically well, the thread running it doesn't hang around it though <laughs> you know it's not like the main crux of it no that's been done to death it's um, not that they can't do these things but i just think that there are positives with going with like award-winning directors and stuff i'm not sure i want to go back to like roger spot is wood and people like that i'm not i whether you like or dislike Mendes's efforts, the the ambition to go after a Sam Mendes to do a Bond film, I think, is is perfectly laudable. But I think the problem is then it all has to have these weighty themes and stakes, uh, or at least to at least to it needs to perceive it does. And if if you've got to have it matter to Bond, they can't see beyond beyond it being personal to Bond. I, I honestly think they're almost too scared to put out a film where he just goes and does a mission. And I think that's only exacerbated when you leave four-year gaps. Because the next one you do has got to be really important. Yeah. You know, I, th- I, just, I, I just think it's being horribly mismanaged at the moment. And the irony is, if you freeze frame now, they're the most successful they've ever been since the well, certainly since the sixties. The last two films are the highest grossing ever. And the first one of those two is un- is adjusted the highest grossing as well so um in some respects people would say well they mismanaged how it's at a, it is at pardon the pun an all-time high but it's, but but, it's a, a missed but, opportunity but where's it going that's the problem they're not building the next generation of bond fans go on a bond forum it's a bunch of moaning middle-aged men exactly. and i'm and i'm one of them frequently by the way so i'm not knocking it but the fact is, I've said this before, it's like Formula One. If you don't bring like new people in, we die off and the series dies with us. Hopefully we've got a few decades left yet, but you know what I mean? You've got to constantly sort of sell it to the next generation as well. And of course, as you get middle-aged and stuck in your way, people only want what they know. And yeah... It's just time to move on. It's time not to really sell it. new generation. So. That's the worry. I mean, four-year gaps. K- kids, uh, you know, kids so will see a bond. Do what they've done with Thunderbirds and have a CGI bond. Well, you you know, you see a bond film when you're 13 or something, and by the time the next one comes out, you're damn near an adult. Mm. It's it's too long. But I mean, the best they'll ever do is every other year. That's the best they'll ever do, and I think that's becoming a forlorn hope now. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't see them, well, you know, if Ian is still doing it, unless it's been taken on by a different studio, I don't think we'll ever see the pattern of every other year again or every two years. In, in I think that would be every four or five years. 
Do you know, in an ideal world, they'd actually sell Eon rather than sell Bond from Eon. They'll sell Eon mm-hmm. to a subsidiary purely because I would never not want to see Albert R. Broccoli's Eon Productions Presents. Oh, God, no, no. Start, I want to see that at the start of films. And, of course, it still has to be Eon to see to do that. I, I would unless, still see un, unless, um, the names attached to it. Uh, unless you can still word it slightly differently and have Albert R. Broccoli's 007 series or whatever I don't know there may be ways around it and it's not that they must never be involved again I I, I hate talking like this I sound like I enjoy it I love I think they're you. great I think they I think they've been so good I mean the pressure on Barbara Broccoli when she took the series over from her dad I know a lot of that was on Michael G Wilson but she's got they've the done immensely well done so well but I just think all all things must pass and and arguably they probably should have quit after fucking Quantum mm. No, it's, it's difficult because it is very much like a family business, isn't it? So. Yeah, but the the, the, the product belongs to the world. And time for, they, time uh, for Greg to take the reins. What's Greg ever done? Well, no, it's just because he's you know, the next generation, maybe. But so that's the obviously, point. What's you know, Greg he's, ever he's done? sort of produced them. It, produced not, some of the films? It, it's not but. monarchy. You know no, what no, I mean? it was just, like, just, just, a, just a suggestion, really. Um, we'll keep uh, them on as honest, like executive. To be honest, producers. he might be great. I don't know. Maybe if he took it on, it would all ramp up and he'd be terrific and he's been around the series. And, he, he, he might but, be listening to the podcast absolutely yeah. groovy, Dave. He no, might be like... He, unknown quantity. He, he, he might be terrific and it might be out of respect to his, pair, his dad that he's not speaking up. My worry is we don't know what he can do. He's part of the current Eon regime that aren't delivering... And the only t- the last time I remember seeing his name on something, actually, you do see his name, Inspector. But the thing where I first noticed, oh, that must be Michael G. Wilson's son, was on the 007 Legends game, which was awful. Mm. How much he had to do with it. I mean, I'm not ridiculing it, Becca, because you might hand it to Greg and it's a complete rebirth of the series. But at this stage, I'd like the surer bet of handing it off to someone who we somebody fucking who, who know, we know exactly who we often, know can do it. Not, not saying he's an unknown quantity, but yeah, I mean, rather than somebody who's assured, a, he knows maybe, what they're doing. Maybe there's a transitional arrangement where he works with like Barbara for a couple. Don't know. Barbara don't steps out. Someone steps in. For Greg. Well, you don't know. There might be some, you know, work go, work going on behind the scenes that we don't know about. Yeah, um, where they are preparing to hand it over. Maybe that's why it's taking so long. I don't know. It's just. They were running late anyway. Um, and now obviously, yeah, impending parenthood. You know, the two of the better bonds, one of them got two films and then the, season, the series went into limbo. And he wasn't appreciated in his time because he was too close to Roger Moore. That's, that's all it was. I didn't appreciate him in his time. And then you've got Daniel Craig, who's who's genuinely come in with, I think, a fresh take on the character. So, And they've wasted all these years. And they could have... I don't know that we would have ever ended up with more than five films from him. That's not a bad return. But the films all feel disjointed from each other as well. Quantum feels like it's following on from Casino, obviously. But in the next film, and I still stand by it's not about his age, but he's a broken down, you know man i was about to say older man but it's not about his age and then specter doesn't really feel anything like skyfall and now we're going to get another director in and that's going to feel very different because it's four years after specter and i just think it 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 just feels like this very weird disjointed era none of it none of it feels like casino royale 
So in some respects, we haven't really got what we thought we were going to get. A little bit different. But we'll see what happens in the coming years. But hey, Greg might be the answer. And I remember you mentioned... Probably won't be, I don't know. I mean, you mentioned it in a a podcast a long time ago. I mean, like a couple of years ago. And I was totally like, well, what the fuck's he ever done? And I just thought, that's probably a bit harsh. He has been... Some years on the line, we still don't know. He might (laughs) be, but... Talent, you never know. Well, this is it. It could be... And and if they hand it off to him, I do believe that that's because they believe he can do it. And if he has been involved with video games, albeit a shit one, he might think, okay, we can do something with this as an idea. But the other thing, of course, is I think of him as a younger man, but Michael G. Wilson's nearly 80, so how old is Greg? You know, if another man's going to take it over, but he's 52 and only knows what his dad taught him... That's not going to reinvigorate anything. So I don't know. Age is putting them above. But no, definitely. I think it's, it's, kind of, it's a delicate balance there, isn't it? You either pass definitely. it off to somebody who doesn't know what they're doing. These things do take time. And I don't think I can do any better. I mean, we joked earlier about writing a script and all the rest of it. I think there are scripts out there that I could like rewrite in that like it's very easy to see a film and go i think that's wrong with it i think that's wrong with it i think that's wrong with it and with some insight is a wonderful thing and with some of those things you could go we are very much armchair logically wouldn't you do that well that's what we're here to do there's nothing wrong with that but like i I couldn't run the bond series i just recognize i I really couldn't I, i don't think i'm not an armchair expert who thinks he can do better all i'm saying is i recognize that i don't think it's being managed correctly now not for the world we're in. That's all. Shouldn't be bond, shouldn't be four years between the Bond films ever. Um, the only time it was ever kind of acceptable was when it was stuck in the courts and stuff. Well, yeah, because you can't really do much beyond that, can you? Mm. That's just annoying. But when they say, "Oh, we can't get a distribution deal done," I just think, "Well, I'm not privy to the details, so I can't say, of course you can." But something about that just doesn't sound right. Oh. Yeah, because like, you'd be able to get someone interested. Everyone would be interested, unless you're offering a poor deal. And I did hear rumours that Sony were on quite a tight deal in terms of what you would expect to make out of these things. But again, we don't know the truth of it. There's lots we don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe the people at Eon want to do it the right way, and circumstances are stopping them. We we, we just don't know. We can only go by what we see. And all I've seen is that they took it over in 95. And I think currently their hit rate's kind of 50-50-ish. Because I'll give them GoldenEye. I'll say that that's pretty good. Uh, Casino Royale's great. I'll give them Skyfall. Um, but there's been seven films. So they're a little bit under 50-50. But okay, that's fair enough. They've cast a good Bond this time. Quite happy with him. But... I just think it just disappears for years. Bond just disappears for years. Yeah, you'll have someone who saw Spectre going into the first year of grammar school or, or high school. Or whatever. Or whatever. And then by the time the new one coming out, they'll be doing the GCSEs. Yeah. I mean, I gave a similar example earlier. You're 13 and then you're 17 and you're not even remotely. Now, it's always going to be a couple of years. But even as a kid, they didn't feel that far apart. Even as a kid, I really noticed it when it did. I really noticed it after the Living Daylights, really, because License to Kill came out and I couldn't see it because it was 15. Mm. Um, 
and I, the premiere was on telly and stuff like that. So I was really like, ah, oh. I don't, I, I think actually I don't, I don't, I wasn't that in love with Dalton back then. So I don't think I was devastated, but I was like, that's a shame. I, I would want to see it. Um, but it felt like forever until Goldeneye. And you think, well, what if, the, what if there is a delay now? They're starting to say, well, it's looking tight for next year. And I just think on pre- I'm I'm at the point now where on principle I think I'd take a pile of shit ne- next year after something a bit over something a bit better the following year because I don't want them to take five years do a good film and think oh that's the way to do it take plenty oh, of time it, it is easier because like I get a little bit frustrated by it because if I get a shit Bond film or or a disappointing Bond film. Because yeah, not many say, of them, are, not many of them are really shit, are they? No, yeah, it's like say something that's a bit all right or just a bit average. You know, I'd be like, well, you know, if if I know yeah, tomorrow never dies. If, die. if, tomorrow I, if never I know there's another one in two years' time, I'd be like, oh, that was next okay, time. nothing special. Yeah. yeah. All right, next. You know, but if and, I know like, I, is this it going to be for five years or what? Or I do miss that about the Brosnan era because at the time, until Die Another Day, I didn't hate any of the films at all. Goldeneye was alright, Tomorrow Never Dies was alright, and like, World Is Not Enough was mm. actually I really liked it at the time, but on balance it's alright. And it was never that long, and of course there's always a steady steam stream of press in the year the film is released, and they start filming in like normally December or January, quite often it was January with Brosnan. So you get a film out like not that far from Christmas, by the time you see it a couple of times, you're probably still seeing it in like December or whatever comes out on home release in like April or something like that now I'm on about um, and by the following January you're getting all like the build up to the next one so it, it's only ever really away for a few months on a two year cycle on a three year cycle it feels worse and on a four year cycle it, it, it's like it's never there mm. that's all so I that's the one thing that makes me nostalgic for the, the, the Brosnan era I'll give you that in some respects it's a tough balancing act would I take sort of would I want Skyfall Casino Royale standard with three or four year gaps or Brosnan film standards with two that's a difficult one (laughs) I I think you probably would go for the three the the, the, three three standard but again that's down to like if if you trust them to be that consistent yeah Uh, I think the problem is three years doesn't guarantee it yeah but then for me there's like well there's no need for you to do it that take that long anyway because if you know you should be working and finite these scripts like while the ones in production you know i mean you should be working ahead of this you've got no excuse of other studios do it you know i i I would have that on my mind if if i was head of eon i would always be thinking about what where we're going to next because i can always if i hire the right people i can trust them to make the film like that needs to be there the, a good bomb film i can i can trust them to make casino because i've already i've already done the the graft ahead of time yeah. i've already laid, laid out foundations hired the right people everything seems to be t- going tickety boo i've i'm not having any problems tickety boo i'm not, not no hey everything seems to be going well and set no no issues great okay Let's have a look in that script, right? Okay, okay. I think we should go here, here, here. There's nothing that, to stop you having different. T- ha, yeah, there's nothing that? to stop you. Ha- villain, blah, 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 you know. Yeah, you're saying have have different teams overlapping somewhat. Well, it's just it's just being prepared and just being no and just 
and just having a good work ethic. You know. yeah, I mean, they, they are a smallish company. We don't know what kind of capital they've got behind them. But, yeah, I'm willing to hear arguments teams. against all these. Yeah, but I, yeah, I think the problem is they keep using the same fucking writers all the time. And it's like, well, fine, if you want them to write that. But can't somebody else be sketching out the next one? Mm. But they yeah. seem to want... They always seem to want to see how the previous one did first. They always want to see what the end result looks like so they can try to top it, which is always a mistake, trying to top the last film. Um, and they always seem to want to see what's going on in the world. And I think, arguably, all three of those are a bad idea. But there you go. We better yeah. sign off. This is running long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the film finished ages ago. Yeah. I, I, I think... Ultimately, in the day, a good story sells, no matter what. So you can try and rethink it all you want. Um, but end of the day, if it's a good story, you have a good film, and then that's what people go to that and name recognition, and you already have name recognition. So just tell a good story. Uh, you can find me at Cinematronics on Twitter, uh, which I'm barely on Twitter anyway. But uh, you can, yeah, that's where I am. And you can find, but you, can, you, but you can you can see his back catalogue of tweets. Yes, and you can um, and you can find uh, this podcast as well uh, on uh, Cinematronics.co.uk, where you can find our our old Bond podcasts that aren't on iTunes anymore because iTunes is fucking awkward. Because damn you, iTunes. Yeah. You can find me at the Pasty Kid nineteen seventy six on Twitter, and you can find this podcast on Twitter at expect us a talk. You can drop us an email at expect us talk at gmail dot com. You can find us on YouTube if you type in do you expect us talk in the search bar, um, and you can find the rest of our episodes, maybe not Bond, but the other ones that we've done on iTunes. Um, Yes, and also we're on Stitcher too. Um, just type in "Do you expect to talk?" and we should appear. And probably other podcatchers we're not even aware of because I, I have seen us on other platforms that we haven't physically put ourselves on. So no, yeah. like Podbean things like that. Yeah, that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, but I think it's time we put down the gun and just grab the cannoli. <laughs> Which means Becca. Oh Do you expect to talk? Will return with a brand new retrospective review series of. The Godfather.